Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh boy. <laughs> um, this is kind of like a recurring theme around here, the, what I call the Second Amendment in reverse. And I've done it before. In fact, I was kind of worried that my show title um, for today might have been one I've used before or something very similar to it. But that's okay because that seems to be what's going on. I think I hit the wrong button. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my, my whole screen just moved. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm, I'm uh, when I'm like the only producer here. Now I'm working on actually getting a producer, and I think uh, we've got some possibilities in the works here, which is going to be fascinating because that will greatly expand our capability. Um, so details when I have details. I don't even know myself yet, but I'm just you know stuff. So there's always stuff going on behind the scenes, which is really cool. All right, so. As far as this goes, the title of the show is Second Amendment in Reverse, where the government has all the guns. So I should explain that um, before we get too, too far into it. Um, today's show, it, today's show, actually today's show is a little crazy. We've got uh, Wendy uh, coming at the bottom of the hour, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God Report. And Rebecca Charles is, has like a variable schedule today for, for her death by hospital protocol. Uh, this is a really emotional topic for her because she lost her daughter. Uh, and there's a lot of folks uh, out there in this country, millions actually, uh, that have lost people to hospital protocols and to COVID shots uh, and a few actually to COVID, but um, you know, uh, and most of those were lost because they didn't get early treatments because they were too, the information was censored uh, and other things happened like that. So this is tough for her uh, to do. And so it's tough for anybody. It's tough for Scott Shara who lost his daughter. And so I, I give these folks a lot of leeway and never put a, a schedule of pressure on them. So it's, it's join us. I mean, I scheduled the, the report, but, you know, like I say, stuff happens, and it's it's a it's really very much of a day to day kind of thing. So hopefully, uh, she'll join us. But if not, and it's just stuff happens. Okay, so that's the way it goes. I mean, stuff happens with, with all my reporters. Things we get busy, we get last minute cancellations. Oh, Greg, can you you know cover for me? Uh, my report starts. You know, my report starts in three minutes. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I digress. But anyway, back to the topic. Now, let's have a good hand of, of this uh, bizarre situation we're in. And the problem all comes down to the same thing, that um, the reason we're not making progress here is because the show isn't being shared as much as it should be, uh, and the bills aren't being shared as much as they should be with uh, Congress, state legislators, local governments, uh, every media can think of, pollsters, things like that. Um, now, I know, because it happened, that when an issue is really unpopular, uh, politicians change. And it doesn't matter how much money there is or how many lobbyists there are or things like that. When enough people are against something, you know, you can change things. So that's how I know Action Radio works. But the problem is getting people motivated enough to do things beforehand. See, see we're way out, way out in front of the curve here. Um, the last couple of days have just been amazing in terms of uh, revelations. Uh, the first one being that we can take all trans surgery and drugs uh, and list them under cosmetic elective uh, surgeries and drugs. And thereby taking the whole civil rights issue out of it. It's elective surgery. It's a personal choice. If you want to do it, great. That's fine. Well, maybe not great, <laughs> but it's fine. It's your choice. Okay. But it's not a civil right. Uh, there is no group. There is no trans group any more than there's a, you know, a Botox civil rights group or a nose job group or a boob job group. I mean, just when you say it, it really sounds funny. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference between a nose job group and a, and a trans group? All they've done is alter their bodies with surgery and chemicals. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that's a choice. You know, tattoos alter your body, too. We don't have a tattoo civil right. 
<laughs> you know, you well, you can't discriminate on a job against somebody with tattoos. Well, it's absurd. Of course you can't. You know, because appearance counts in a lot of jobs. And besides, it's not a civil right. <laughs> I mean, you can do it. It's not, it's not illegal, but I mean, there's a difference between what's legal and what's a civil right. The other groundbreaking show was yesterday. Um, where uh, I came up with a revelation actually about 45 minutes before showtime. It's kind of weird how this works out um, that um, all of these uh, uh, central bank digital currencies are blatantly unconstitutional. And I started going through the constitution. I thought, well, yeah, it applies there. It applies there. Yeah. All these other, well, it applies there too. That's kind of interesting. So what I came up with was it's against article one, section eight, because the, uh, and that's the, that's the, the, what Congress is, is delegated uh, in by the States that they can do. There's nothing in there that says they can regulate uh, your money and how you spend it. And uh, there's nothing that says they can track it. There's nothing that says they can do anything except coin it and mint it. <laughs> you know, that's about it. As far as commerce goes, they can regulate commerce among the states, but they can't touch commerce among the people. It's not a damn business. And that's why the, uh, in fact, if you look at it on that basis alone, the, the, uh, that's why they had to have a constitutional amendment uh, for a federal income tax, because otherwise it would be illegal. And it should be again, so we need to get rid of that one. Anyway, so those are two groundbreaking shows. Uh, and I'm going to be writing bills and probably a press release on both of them. I'll get those out there. Uh, I haven't done a press release in a while, so it's probably a good idea. Keep folks informed as to what we're doing out here. All right, so the show today, again, this is a, a sort of a repeat theme, uh, Second Amendment in reverse, where the government has all the guns because of a report by Open the Books. Now, Open the Books is Andrew, Andrew Zinsky, Zinsky, ZCZ. How do you pronounce his name? Andrew. When he comes to the show, I'm going to call him Andrew. I'll let him pronounce his last name. It's, it's got to be Polish. It's a great name. I just can't pronounce it. Anyway, uh, I'm sure he can. At least I hope so. He's, he probably had years of practice. Um, but uh, they've talked about this before, and they did, they did a, a, a groundbreaking report called The Militarization of America. And in that, they documented all the places uh, where the, the government is, is armed. And we have more armed bureaucrats, you know, 187,000, uh, than we have Marines, you know, 186,000. So we have almost, we actually have 100,000 more armed bureaucrats than we have Marines, <laughs> combat Marines. That ought to scare you right there. So in other words, we're better prepared to go to war. The government is, the federal government is better prepared to go to war against the American people than it is to go against a foreign enemy and land on the beaches. <laughs> that should scare the hell out of you. So why is the government more prepared to go to war against the American people than they are against a foreign adversary or foreign enemy? I don't know. I mean, that's the question of the day. I'm gonna, I should write that down somewhere. But yeah, the government, you know, I'm going to make a, that's like a Facebook post. Let me write that down. Uh, government more prepared. This is, this is, this is what happens on my, this, is, this isn't a show. This is a brainstorm session. Government more prepared for war against Americans. Uh, that's, I'll, I'll hold it there because I'll remember the rest of it by the end of the show against Americans. I wish I could write fast. I, I type, but I probably hit the wrong button and cancel the show. I can't write in the middle, you know, just as we're getting started here. All right, so that's, uh, you know, isn't that, isn't that scary though when you think about it? They are. They're actually more prepared for war against Americans than they are against a foreign adversary. You don't see any woke stuff with the bureaucrats, do you? You know, they're, they're not burdened with woke and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, gay weddings and, uh, you know, whatever else, uh, you know, wearing turbans, <laughs> you know, have beards in the military. I mean, they, you know, they don't, they don't have that problem in the, bu- in the bureaucracies. You know, in fact, they age discriminate too. You can only you have to be join a uh, um, a law enforcement bureaucracy uh, by the time you're 37 because they have a mandatory 57 retirement age. We didn't retiring at 57. That's nothing. I didn't, I didn't start Action Radio until I was 57. <laughs> you know, I'm just getting started. So the idea that you can't do a job, you know, uh, well, maybe not on the front lines of uh, you know breaking down doors and things like that, but the government has no responsibility for that anyway. The federal government, that's not their job. There's only three crimes. 
that are covered under the Constitution that the federal government is allowed to touch. And we've gone over this before. If I could did a whole show on this. It's very simple. Treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. Well, treason is only in time of war, of giving aid and comfort to the enemy. You know, so, so we, don't, you know, we, we talk about treason all the time as betraying your nation, and I agree with that. I mean, I would change the definition, but in the Constitution, treason is in wartime. And the government agency to handle traitors, U.S. Marshals, pretty simply. You know, there's, there's a good job for them. Um, and handling other federal crimes. But the idea that we have a U.S. Bureau of Prisons, well, how many traitors are there? <laughs> you know, it should be the U.S. prison, <laughs> you know, for, for the traitors, you know, in times of war, in declared war. And we haven't had a declared war since World War II. So it's not like they need one. They need like a barracks or, a build, you know, the you know, U.S. federal prison building <laughs> somewhere on a, on a military base like that. Because how, how, many, how many traitors do we have from World War II that are still alive? Probably none. You know, so that, that's going to that. The other one, piracy. Piracy is the other federal crime, uh, the major federal crime. Well, piracy takes place in the Constitution on the high seas. They didn't have airplanes yet. They didn't have trains yet. They didn't have ships, though. <laughs> they had, you know, wooden ships with sails, you know, the great sailing ships, clippers, things like that. Well, clippers were 1800s. That was different. But in the 1700s, they had ships. We had a navy. You know, the, the frigate, the, the USS Constitution, old Ironsides, you know, still sits in Boston Harbor. So piracy was considered on the high seas. But since we live in the modern age, we obviously can extend the definition of piracy to include the air and, and the land in terms of trains, trucks, uh, anything that can be pirated. Uh, and, of course, the Coast Guard's involved, the Navy's involved, the Air Force is involved, the Air National Guard's involved, U.S. Marshal Service in the air, they're involved, uh, the, the, the Transportation Highway, State Police, you know, local police, all those folks that uh, protect against piracy and hijackings, basically, um, on the land, sea, and air. Well, that's federal. That's why the Department of Transportation, if you, if you invade a, a commercial bus or a commercial truck or, or a train or, or even as when I was a tour guide, I was under DOT protection as a commercial driver of ducks, you know, and motorized cable cars and, uh, you know, tour buses and things that I did. So if anybody had a, you know, came up and did anything against me, that was a DOT. That was a federal crime. Because it would be piracy, it would be hijacking, you know, and then, so that's one of the federal crimes, that's one of the legitimate federal crimes, okay? So that's what it's supposed to act. So you see, you know, I mean, I follow the Constitution, unless amended. And if I think the Constitution's wrong, I'll tell you. But in this case, they're right. <laughs> you know, you start messing with the interstate transportation system, highways, rail, you know, rivers, you know, navigable waterways, the coastline, the oceans, you know, you get the Navy, the Air Force, the National Guard, you know, the, the state police, uh, federal police, you know, all those folks involved. But I believe that the hijacking and piracy is a federal matter because it's in the Constitution. And the last one's counterfeiting. Counterfeiting, it, you know, the, the printing of funny money. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you guys watch that Clint Eastwood uh, film where he, was, uh, he worked for the Secret Service and he was old and he was uh, going after Rene Russo and some other, you know, it, it was pretty wild. <laughs> it, it, it's a great film. Oh, yeah, John Malkovich, you know, plays the, uh, uh, plays the assassin. Uh, he's so good in that role. Can you imagine if they reversed that, where Clint Eastwood was the assassin and John Malkovich was the good guy? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Anyway, so the point of that uh, is, is that uh, those are the three federal crimes. Counterfeiting, which the Secret Service goes after, so they have to be armed. So the only two armed agencies I can see uh, would be the U.S. Marshals and the Secret Service. Everybody else needs to be disarmed. Right? Now, the problem is uh, that I, uh, they, they, um, in, a, in a fundraising article, I know it's fundraising because half the article is devoted to how you can you know, donate money to open the books. Right? Andrew, oh, here we go. Andrzejewski, A-N-D-R-E-R-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I. Andrzejewski. Andrzejewski? I'll ask him. I better call him off the air before he comes on. I'm trying to get him on the show. 
Anyway, so the article is it, it's in Substack. Uh, it's in the Open the Books Substack. The militarization of the IRS, the facts on the purchase of guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment since 2006. So why are they focusing on the IRS? Well, because the IRS is getting 87,000 new agents. That's an army. I mean that. Literally, it's an army. You know, 20,000 soldiers is a division. Sometimes 10,000 soldiers is classified as a division. But let's, just, let's go to the big army. Let's go to 20,000. Well, 87,000 armed agents is, is, is over four divisions. 20, 40, 60, 80. Yeah. That's, that's four and a half divisions. That's bigger than some countries' armies. All right? So we've got, we've got – and that's just the IRS. That doesn't count the FBI – and all the SWAT teams, that, like the, the, the weather folks, the NOAA, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. You know, who else? Is, I mean, the Department of Education has SWAT teams. I mean, there's, there's, most agencies have some kind of military armed. The Mint Police, okay? You know, the, the Capitol Hill Police. I mean, they, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't. Well, should they be armed? No. D.C. Police should handle it, okay? I mean, D.C. Police should handle all the, the federal agency security within D.C., you don't need a separate federal police force for all these different things because it's not authorized by the Constitution. Pretty simple stuff. I don't even know if the Library of Congress is authorized by the Constitution, but you know what? I'm not going to worry about that one. That one's a good one. We'll keep, we'll keep the Library of Congress because uh, oh, it is actually patents, science, and useful arts, trademarks, copyrights, things like that. So that's primarily what the Library of Congress does. I know because my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, has a copyright uh, and it is protected. Uh, it is in the Library of Congress. At least one copy, <laughs> hopefully more. Um, so it's time to start buying my book. You know, uh, uh, you know, I might need a new pub- you know, I might need a new publisher when when the rush starts for that book when we we get our millions of listeners. But uh, I'll worry about that later. All right, so let's go to the article, their fundraising article. And I actually made a comment at the bottom of this. All right, so my comment's got a few likes, but not enough. So what you want to do if you want to help out is you go to you go to Substack, uh, open the books uh, Substack. You go to their article, The Militarization of the IRS, and you look at the, the very first comment. It's mine. I can't believe it was the first comment on this, right? And it talks about our bill to disarm not just the IRS, but all the bureaucracies. Take all their arms. Take, their, take all those 287,000 armed agents, their half a million to a million guns, their billions of rounds of ammunition, and they go back to the American people, citizens, not illegals, <laughs> citizens, through the Civilian Marksmanship Program which requires that you be a citizen and you be involved in a specific marksmanship program authorized by the program, the CMP program, uh, and then you can receive arms. And so that's how you do it. So you disarm the feds and you bring the people. And that's the way it's supposed to be. The, the Second Amendment does not say, you know, the, you know, a well-armed federal government is necessary to the security of the government. You know, the right of the government to keep and bear arms shall not be touched by the people. That's not what the Second Amendment says. That's the Second Amendment in reverse. What the Second Amendment actually says is the, the, a well-regulated militia being necessary. Militias in the Constitution are necessary for the security of a free state. I don't know anywhere else in the Constitution where it compels a freedom uh, of a group that's completely outside of government. That's what a, that's what a militia is. A citizen militia is, a, is an organized group of armed civilians completely separate from government. That's what distinguishes a militia from the National Guard. That's why the National Guard is not covered by the Second Amendment. But uh, non-government uh, mili- you know, citizen militias are covered by the Second Amendment. Not only that, the founding fathers said they were necessary. So if you forget the first part of the, of, of the Second Amendment, what will do is, well, that's just a, a, a preface. That's a, a preface, you know, prefatory phrase or, or you know, it's, it's like an introduction. It doesn't really count. Yeah, it does count. Okay. See, so the founding fathers didn't waste words. They don't put things in for no reason, and they don't leave things out for no reason either. 
So if you look at the Second Amendment, it says that civilian militias are necessary for our freedom. You cannot maintain a state of freedom unless you have citizen militias. Now, what is the requirement of citizen militias? Well, those citizen militias have to be armed. And that's why the second phrase, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In other words, can't be touched. And the reason that all gun control is unconstitutional is because we have the right to own and carry weapons, arms, and that right cannot be touched. That right is absolute. The right is absolute. Not the use of weapons. The right to carry them and own them is absolute. The government cannot touch that. Of course they do, because they have guns too. And the reason they can do, the reason they touch the Second Amendment, the reason the Second Amendment has been reversed is because the government has all the guns. You know, they've given themselves the power to have guns and to take guns away from you. And so that is unconstitutional. And that's why the Second Amendment has been reversed. And it's critical that you understand that. Once you do understand that the Second Amendment has been reversed, where the government has the right to all the guns they want, they impose gun control restrictions and confiscations on the people. That is the Second Amendment in reverse. So when are you going to start complaining? When are you going to start doing something about it? When are you going to start sending the bill, you know, our bill? We're right there, rightyourlaws.com. It's actually under citizen bill ideas. It's not under all proposed laws yet because it's a very complex bill, and I'm still working on it. And so I leave it in citizen bill ideas until I'm done with it, until I get all the comments. I haven't got enough comments on it yet. I there's not enough participation. So go to writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. Click on legislation. Click on citizen bill ideas. It's the number two item. In citizen bill ideas, you will find the disarming. Let's see what the exact title is here. Disarming the federal government of their unconstitutional arms. So you find that bill, something at the top. Read it, copy it, send it, send it to Congress, send it to friends, send it to media, send it everywhere. But disarming the IRS while leaving all the other agencies armed is absurd. You can disarm the FBI. I mean, the FBI has no constitutional reason to exist. There is no national police force authorized under the Constitution. There's only three crimes, piracy, uh, treason, and counterfeiting. So what do you need an FBI for? You don't. They're unconstitutional. Is, Is Open the Books writing about that? Apparently not. They're not coming on the show either, apparently. They're not answering my emails either. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I got some problems with open the books, even though I think they do ex- exceptional work. Um, they're, they're, they're great at documenting, but they're not so good at advocating. And I find that problem throughout conservative world. Conservatives are great at documenting. Nobody can complain better than conservatives. It's an art form. The, you know, conservatives can do anything in terms of making you know, something really bad <laughs> sound really bad. Now, will they do anything about it? No. You know, I, I can't tell you, including Steve Bannon, how much he screams, oh, my God, the national debt's increasing, it's increasing, it's increasing. How many times do you think I've sent him our bill, our constitutional amendment, to take away the power of Congress to borrow money? What, 10, 15, 20? I don't know. Do I hear back? No. Does he want to tackle that issue? No. The other people I've sent it to, are they, are they talking about this in public? No. Is it the answer to all our financial problems? Yes. Yes, it is. Because if you take away the power of Congress to borrow money, you take away the power of Congress to create inflation. Because Congress creates all inflation by borrowing money. Well, if you borrow money, you've got to print money to cover the borrowing. Well, if you print money and put it in circulation to cover the borrowing, there's more dollars out there. If there's more dollars out there, each dollar is worth less. It's like the pizza pie. You know the pizza pie, right? So you make a pizza. You cut it eight slices. 
well, I want more. I want more slices, man. You know, okay, so cut it in 16 slices. Do you have more pie? No. You just have twice as many slices. So each slice is now, instead of one slice used to be, you know, one-eighth. It's pretty good value, right? Well, now one slice is one-sixteenth if you cut the slices in half. So you've just devalued your pizza by half. <laughs> you know, each slice has, been, has gone through a 50% devaluation. Now, there's twice as many of them. Doesn't matter. It now takes two of them to equal what one of them, you know, fed you before. That's inflation right there. More dollars worth less because the, because the value in the wealth, the country doesn't change because of that. It changes because of labor, you know, finish, uh, raw materials being put into finished goods, you know, services delivered that, that benefit society, things like that. So the delivering of goods and services is what creates wealth. Actually, people create wealth too because the more people working, the more wealth you have. The more people you have not working, uh, the more negative wealth you have. In other words, the, the, the reduction of wealth. Not to mention the 5 million illegals that are going to come in next week. All right. So I got a little bit of time before Wendy drops in. So let's talk about this article here. It's very short, actually. It says, top line, this is the, the militarization of the IRS, the facts on the purchase of guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment since 2006. And the actual, the overall report is, is, is called the militarization of America. So you want to look that up. It says, big spend. Since 2006, 103 rank-and-file agencies outside of the Department of Defense, DOD, spent $3.7 billion on guns, ammunition, and military-style uh, military equipment. So this is, this is inflation-adjusted, okay? It's like when I did – I just did something recently, too, where I adjusted inflation. Oh, one was the, the $20 um, Constitution thing, but it's something else I did not too long ago. Uh, adjusted for, I do that, a lot of adjusting for inflation. All right, anyway, so the point is that, um, that this uh, – that there's, what, 103 rank-and-file agencies outside the Department of Defense. Okay, you, you never include the, the Department of Defense when you're talking about arms because obviously – the Department of Defense folks have to be armed. They're combat people, okay? You don't disarm combat people, so I'm not talking about that. When I talk about disarming federal agencies, I'm talking about bureaucracies. I'm not talking about the military. Military is specifically excluded. They're a whole different department. They're a whole different division. They're not bureaucracies. But if you talk about the, the agencies, 103 agencies of the federal government are armed. 103. Why? Like, there's like 17 you know, intelligence agencies. How about, how about two, maybe three? Anyway, so since, uh, it says since 2006, they've, been, they've spent $3.7 billion. $3.7 billion on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment. What are they going to do with all $3.7 billion? I mean, they're armed for war. Well, who are the bureaucracies going to go to war against? Well, it's only one place, us, the American people. So they're arming for war against the American people. And they've taken away our Second Amendment to protect us from this very crisis. The whole point of the Second Amendment is so that the people are better armed than the government. And that's not the case right now. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. We'll see. A lot of guns have been bought out there. So buy guns. Buy guns. Buy ammo. Um, you know, do you have to prepare for war against the federal government? No. Actually, we can, we can change them by law. But just in case, <laughs> you know, the law fails. Uh, and they do declare war on the United States citizenry, um, then uh, would Brandon do it? Probably. He'd do it to save democracy. In order to save democracy, we have to kill all the Americans. You know, I have to replace them with illegal aliens. See, that's the great replacement, too. I mean, I talk about this as well. The great replacement is not what the left says it is, white people who are scared of being surrounded by brown and black people. You know, no, that's not, what it, that's not a great replacement. The great replacement, the real great replacement is replacing American citizens who believe in this country, America first, you know, God, family, and country, who believe in that, and replace them, replace us, actually, uh, with illegal aliens who believe in nothing, 
except taking money from people that work. You know, I mean, these people, these millions of people aren't coming here, you know, because they want a better life to produce a better life for America. They're coming here for a better life so you will pay for them. That's why they're coming here, coming here for freebies. They're coming here so they won't have to work. That's why they're coming here. Why would millions of people come here to work? They wouldn't. They could work at home. They work at their home country. <sighs> Back to the article. 103 rank and file agencies are armed. $3.7 billion has been spent on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment. I wonder what that is. What, beyond guns and ammunition, what, are we talking about Humvees? <laughs> talking about armored cars? Are we talking about tanks? I mean, who, what are these? Well, we know they have tanks because they killed the Branch Davidians with tanks at Waco. Then it says 27 of those agencies are traditional law enforcement under the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security. Okay, so those 27 are still not authorized. Now, well, let me, let me, let me put that, uh, let me change that, let's modify this slightly. Okay, Department of Justice, first of all, I don't see the Department of Justice in the Constitution because the only three laws are treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. All right, and those are handled by the U.S. Marshals and the Secret Service. So you don't need a Department of Justice, quite honestly. You certainly don't need an FBI. Department of Homeland Security? Yeah, the federal government does have uh, the duty to protect the border. They could do that with the armed forces. We could have, we could have uh, army troops at the border, you know, doing customs and border protection work. Customs used to be a tax collection. I mean, that's how they got their start. That's why they're in the Constitution. You know, I mean, it used to be taxes were collected on imports and uh, things like that, imposts and duties and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so the customs was a tax collection. And that, they operated outside the U.S. border. So they could be armed. Sure they could. You want to catch all those foreign goods, you know, come into the country and make them, make them pay tax on, on stuff and, and seize the, the counterfeit stuff, you know, that Rolex watch for 20 bucks we've talked about? I mean, of course, the customs can be armed because they're at, at the border and beyond. So any, any federal agency at the border and beyond our borders can be armed. I'm not worried about that. That's their job. I'm talking about the federal government people that are armed within the U.S. border. That's where they can't operate. Then it says 76 agencies are pencil-pushing regulatory agencies, you know, that is, i.e., uh, Environmental Protection Agency, they're armed, Social Security Administration, wow, gee, what, you steal retirements, Veterans Affairs, Internal Revenue Service, that's the one we're talking about, Health and Human Services, Department of Transportation, U.S. Department of Agriculture, oh, my God, guard the wheat, and many others, many others. So think about this. Let's get this again. 287,000 armed bureaucrats. They have at least a million guns and billions of rounds of ammunition. All right? They are equivalent to some of the largest armies on the planet. Most countries do not have armies as big as the 287,000 armed bureaucrat army that we have. The Marines have 100,000 fewer. Remember that word fewer? People don't use it enough, right? The Marines, the combat Marines, there are 100,000 fewer combat Marines then there are armed bureaucrats. That should tell you something. Then it says 76 agencies are pencil-pushing regulatory agencies. Well, there's no reason for them to be armed at all. They have courts. They have, they have all kinds of ways to enforce their, their regulations. Fines, assessments, penalties, you know, all kinds of stuff they can do. They do it all by computer. So why, do they have, so why, so why are 76 pencil-pushing regulatory agencies armed? Let me look at that list again. Environmental Protection Agency, Social Security Administration, Veterans Affairs, Internal Revenue Service, Health and Human Services, Department of Transportation, U.S. Department of Agriculture, and many others. <sighs> Case study, IRS. See if we get this before Wendy joins us. Since 2006, the IRS spent $335.2 million on guns. 
Since 2006, let me say that again, the IRS, the IRS, just them, spent $35.2 million on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment. The years 2020 and 2021, the Brandon years, were peak years of the IRS for purchasing weaponry and gear. All illegal because Brandon's illegal. I put that in. It's not in the article. Then it says, just since the pandemic started, which wasn't a real pandemic, my words again, the IRS has purchased $10 million in weaponry and gear. $10 million since COVID. Why? COVID was curable with about 20 bucks worth of hydroxychloroquine. We all know that, right? We've been talking about that for three years. So why, so why, did, the, uh, <clears throat> why did the IRS have to spend $10 million in weaponry for a problem that didn't exist? Just a thought. I'm just you know, tossing it out there. Article says special agent headcounts, nearly 2,100 special agents. Recently, the IRS chief testified that they are adding 600 new positions, 20,000 new hires with 3% ratio of special agents this year. Based on headcount, the IRS ranks in the equivalent of the top 50 largest of 12,261 police departments across the country. So the IRS ranks amongst the top 50. So if you look at the top 50 law enforcement agencies, that'd be like, you know, LAPD, (laughs) NYPD. The big ones, the IRS is number 50. Wow. Then it says uproar over IRS special agent job posting. In August 2022, IRS posted a job description for a special agent and a position requirement was the willingness to use deadly force. The description went viral on the Internet, and the deadly force language was edited out. See, I told you. If you people share the show and share the bills, we can change anything. But you don't do it, so nothing changes. See? Then it says, however, today the language is back in the online job posting. Yeah, see, that's the thing, too. We also got rid of the Government Disinformation Bureau, so it went away for a while, then they changed the name and brought it back. So that's still there. NewsGuard, the other folks are still there, too. Then it says, gun locker pre-2020. The IRS owned 4,500 guns and stockpiled 5 million rounds of ammunition for use by its 2,159 special agents. That was pre-2020. These figures include 621 pump-action and semi-automatic shotguns, 539 long-barreled rifles, and 15 submachine guns. See, they can own machine guns, and you can't. See, that's illegal. That's the Second Amendment in reverse. We're allowed to own machine guns under the Second Amendment. We are. Well, I don't care what the National Gun Act, National Firearms Act says. That National Firearms Act, both 1934 and 1968, are blatantly unconstitutional, as is the ATF. They can't exist legally, but they do. Then it says the IRS purchased buckshot and slugs for the shotgun. The rifles are semi-automatic Smith & Wesson M&P AR-15 and HK rifles. See, they can own AR-15s. You can't. They don't want you to. Of course, we do. Then this is the very same guns that some politicians want banned in the private sector. I think I just said that. <laughs> anyway, here comes Wendy's right here, but I want to just uh, finish this last little blurb. So since 2020, the IRS has made $10 million worth of arms purchases, $2.5 million on ballistic shields uh, uh, and various other gear, $1.3 million on duty tactical lighting. What's that? Tactical gear bags, ballistic helmets, the, the bulletproof helmets, right? Kevlar and body armor vests. Oh, wow. Nearly $1 million on Smith & Wesson rifles and Beretta tactical shotguns. 3,000 units of optics-compatible tactical holsters for weapons with optical sights and weaponry, uh, weapons lighting systems. And they probably have night vision, too. Night vision is good. These people are ready for war, okay? So the only reason to arm 287,000 bureaucrats, which is eight divisions of soldiers. This is more than that. Wait a minute. 20,000? 20,000 would be 10, uh, 12 divisions. 12 divisions of soldiers. That is bigger than most of the armies of the world. 12 
divisions of soldiers. The only reason to arm the bureaucrats who have no jurisdiction outside the United States is to declare war on the American people. That is it. That is the only reason for stockpiling that many arms, that many guns, and then trying to take them away from Americans. And on that light and happy note, <laughs> let's get to Wendy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, where's uh, There we go. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. So, Wendy, do you have any light and happy topics like I've just been covering? <laughs> well, my topic is a lot lighter than yours. <laughs> yeah, I was just stating that the, the government is uh, declaring war on the American people and they're arming to do it because they have no jurisdiction anywhere else. And then that ought to make your day. <laughs> you know, as I call it, the Second Amendment in reverse. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. I'm going to get yeah, back to that because well, it's, yeah. it's, it's an important topic. Yeah, go ahead. Good morning. Well, and it, it, it's good morning. And it's um, it's important to realize that, you know, they can declare and say whatever they want, um, but, you know, God's got the final say. And um, Good. that brings us to today's I topic, wish you were a little louder. Can you be a little louder these days? A little louder. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying. I'm still, you know, got that throat thing going on. Um, oh, not you be a little louder. I said God be a little louder. I mean, speak a little louder. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, just hold on about 60 days. Um, okay. And you're going to see God talk really loud. <laughs> okay, good. I can wait. Yeah. No, your voice and, sounds fine. Um, Besides, people but, can always turn up their volume. So, you know, this, this is the beauty of radio uh, is that we all have volume okay. switches. So you're fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, thanks. I'm just glad you're here. Um, well, me too, because I – I was have an interesting topic because I was asking the Lord. I said, you know, so what what would you want to be discussed today? And um, or last night I was talking to him, and he said blessings. Hmm. I went, hmm. Okay, so um, blessings are really really important, and they have significance uh, in Scripture, and we just kind of. Yeah, especially here in the South where we just say, well, bless your heart, you know. And, uh, yeah, but that's you know, an insult. And I'm <laughs> that's like saying you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't think it's quite the same thing. Yeah, well, I learned no, that real fast when I got here, by the way. That was the first thing I learned about thing, being in the South. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Grace coming to WBY, bless his heart. He's from California, bless his heart. I said, I'm going to look this up. Well, There's something wrong here. People are saying it too often. Yeah, well... And just another example of how we can take you know things and, and kind of change their meaning over the years. But uh, but God is really serious about blessing, um, and it's it's a it's a holy thing. It's a consecrated thing. Uh, mm-hmm. When God says He's going to bless you, um, the connotation of um, increase and favor and mm. success. Um, so it's. It's really important. This is the firstborn son always got the the biggest blessing, you know, the the major portion of the blessing from the father before he, he passed on. Do what? Why why the why the the first son? What was the, what was the logic because of that? Because firstborn because the firstborn holds a special place. 
they were okay. the first. And, hmm. and the firstborn son um, would carry on the family name and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of responsibility fell on him. Yeah. So because of uh, when the father passes away, he takes over the head of the family and takes care of everybody and everything. So he got the bigger portion. Hmm. Well, that makes he got sense. the biggest responsibility. So, um, so here, here's the thing. When, when God is going to bless you or bless something, um, mm-hmm. it is going to increase and it's going, it's, it's abundance. It is, it is a good thing. It is going to be successful. Um, and that, that kind of thing. So, um, all the things that are fixing to come on, on the wickedness in high places, mm-hmm. uh, not just here in America, but around the world, um, it, it is not going to be pretty because um, God has said, you know, you, you challenged me, you got it. Bring it on. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm thinking I'm of uh, the movie Tombstone. Stuff. Remember the movie Tombstone where Kurt Russell says, you've called down the fire, you cur? <laughs> you know? Yes. And that's pretty much it, because you know, uh, in yeah. in God's sight, you know, these people are, are you know, dogs for for lack of a better term. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they they have no power against him. They think they do. They think they're ruling the world, and mm-hmm. and God is saying, "I have given you chance after chance after chance to repent. Mm-hmm. You have not. You have refused. Not only have you refused to repent, you have doubled down on my people." And uh, in my world, and you think you own, you know, the earth, and you don't. It's mine. <laughs> yeah, you, so, you, you want people to eat bugs. You want them to not have energy. You want them to be poor yeah. and destitute. You want everybody equally mm-hmm. oppressed. I said, what, you know, what kind of people do that while exactly. keeping the luxuries for themselves? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, w- w- you know, yeah. So uh, when God says He wants me to speak about blessings. It is to assure people, those who belong to him mm-hmm. um, and those who can belong to him, if you'll turn around and, and just ask him, uh, <laughs> that um, it's going to look really, really dark and really, really bleak <clears throat> for a while. Yeah, economic crashes and all this kind of stuff. Um, oh, gee, and another bank failure, by the way. Yeah, that, that's already happening. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. three. Three more bank failures this morning. Um, but hmm. I'm sorry. I haven't tracked thing. them all. I was doing a show. Okay. God wants his people to know, look, I've got you, and this has to happen to bring their downfall because they challenge me beyond any reasonable limit. <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to answer that now, and you're going to see who really is God and who really okay. is in control and, who, and whose earth this really is. <clears throat> and so because he wants freedom for his people. But the blessing the increase, the the success, the the abundance is not going to be for everyone. It is for his children who has trusted in him through all this junk. Hmm. Um, and because there's been many, many of us um, who have been crying out to the Lord saying, where are you? Where your arm is not moving? What what's the deal? You know? Um, and because and he said. You know, finally, <laughs> after a couple of years of, of not saying anything, is I have I had to let you see just how deep it was. You thought it was bad. You had no clue how bad it really was. And you still don't know how bad it really is because it's even worse than what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but God sees it. So 
he's fixing to to answer their challenge and show up and show out and be God. So, but he doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want anybody to be afraid. Um, he wants them to trust in him and his goodness and that and his justice is coming. So, I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. <laughs> oh no, but but you know it's interesting. Um, a couple of things happened in the last little bit that have been, have been quite interesting. First of all, I've been, you know, looking at the economic situation. And I just did a show yesterday on why central bank digital currencies are unconstitutional. Uh, and I went through the Constitution. Yeah. I found the Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, and Seventh Amendments. In other words, almost half of the Bill of Rights uh, make these things unconstitutional. And so I've, I, I'm going to send a press release on that show and get it out to all, all the usual politicians. And I'll get the usual response. Nothing. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> they still yeah. have to do it. Um, but, uh, but, you know... The, What's going on right now, you've know, three, got three bank failures, all right? All the bank failures are a result of high interest rates. The high interest rates are a result of Congress borrowing money. So nothing that's happening now has to happen. Uh, and if, right. you know, if we could get enough people to say, hey, you know, I mean, I have, a, I have a solution. And I don't know, you know, so my blessing, if we're on tire, but my blessing is ideas. Uh, lots of them. <laughs> Too many. You know, yes. Thanks, God. Appreciate the help. Um, but uh, I need more time, too, <laughs> you know, to, to do this. But to just look at the last couple of days. You know, declaring uh, trans surgery and drugs as, as cosmetic and elective. That totally changed the argument there. That was, I think, uh, two days ago. Yep. Yesterday. Yesterday we talked about, uh, came up with a revelation. Most of these happened right before the show. It's kind of interesting. Uh, talked about how CBC, CBDCs are unconstitutional. Nobody's making that argument except we are. Um, all this stuff's incredible. <laughs> and another fasting revelation was when I talked about, and I think I've talked about this with you, how carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide has to be replaced in the atmosphere because it's low. And the best way to replace it right. is the burning of, or, of organic fuels. And I said it's no accident that the Industrial Revolution came along at a time, you know, the steam engine and the internal combustion engine came along at a time where we could burn exactly the right fuel to put the CO2 back in the atmosphere so the plants could grow. That can't be an accident. Right. It's, it's, it's right. just too coincidental, right? I mean, so, so then, now, so Patrick Moore, Dr. Patrick Moore, and I've got a video post on my environmental page, um, talked about this exact same thing. He's, and he confirmed everything. He's, he's, he actually studies this stuff in great detail. He's the former Greenpeace founder. And he left when Greenpeace went wacko. Um, but when they're yeah. doing good things like <laughs> saving did. whales and, yeah, they did a complete loony case. But they're not scientists. When he was there, they were scientists. And what he talked about was the fact that um, they do two things. They save the whales, which was good. Uh, and they uh, stopped the atmospheric nuclear testing, which was good. Now, people forget that the whales were really saved um, by the Industrial Revolution because we started burning petroleum instead of whale oil. That's what really saved the whales. Right. You know, and then, of course, we, other countries were still doing it for no reason, but it only had other ways to deal with them. Um, but that's, that's what changed everything. And so by putting CO2 back in the air, by completing the carbon cycle, because that carbon's locked up in all that petroleum, 500 years worth at least underground. Again, that can't be by accident either. Why do we have 500 years worth of petroleum locked underground, which gives us plenty of times to come with nuclear fusion, cold fusion, all these other kinds of technologies, warp speed, warp drive. You know, it's all going to come. But we've got 500 years to figure it out. Well, where were we 500 years ago in evolution of the human species <laughs> of knowledge? 500 years ago in the 1500s, right? That was the plague. Yeah. You know, that, was before, that was before the Renaissance. That was, that was medieval. Right. I mean, literally medieval. Those are dark times. <laughs> Okay, so when you figure the progress <laughs> made, were. you know, you figure the progress made since the 1500s um, to today, that's 500 years, 1500s to 2000, right? 500 years from now, considering the speed at which technology changes, there's no reason to think for a second, we're not going to have 
vastly different energy sources and we can use petroleum and we need the petroleum. In fact, it might be a government, here's a, here's a weird thought, it might be a government requirement to burn a certain amount of petroleum just to make sure the carbon dioxide um, is still high enough. I mean, that's where it really should be. Anyway, so the point, the point of all this, this, this uh, discussion this morning with me is that all this stuff is preventable, that all the tools are here, that the blessings, the blessing of petroleum, of coal, oil, natural gas, so that we can get everywhere we have to go and replace the carbon, carbon dioxide at the same time. And he was saying the carbon dioxide is the basis of life. So when I look at blessings, I look at most of God's blessings are kind of hidden. The Industrial Revolution, despite the fact that people had horrible working conditions, that's not God's fault. That's our fault. And we changed that. Yes. Except for newspapers, because they were exempt. That's why, that's why they were paper boys and girls, because newspapers were exempt from child labor laws. Just a little point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the, but the point is, but but the point is that the blessings are here. My blessing is ideas, so I have a responsibility to use them. So I'm sure you know the responsibility of blessings is part of this as well. But look at the blessing of the industrial revolution. Look where we are. We can replace carbon. We can get the plants growing in the Sahara Desert. We can go from place to place in 747s. We can do all this incredible. We can have goods and services and computers, and we can talk to each other worldwide. We can do all these things all because of petroleum. Not bad. Now that's a blessing. That is a blessing. I, let me tell you, anything that God has created is, is uh, a blessing when used correctly. You know, anything can be um, perverted and you know, used for evil things, um, but if you use it the way God meant it to be used, it's always a blessing. Makes sense. We got uh, Marco checking in with, yeah. in the Netherlands, so he's listening too. No, I, I'm sorry, I was momentarily distracted, although I, I heard you. There we go. Okay. <laughs> but, so God will, wants us to be focused on, um, on trusting him because blessings mm-hmm. are coming. Um, and for, if you don't know how to trust God, if, if that's like really, really foreign to you, um, if it's not part of your culture, if it's um, just not been taught in your home or whatever it is, you don't need anybody else to um, – to tell you how to do that because mm-hmm. God is a personal God. So wherever you are in the world, literally, wherever you are in the world, God's already there. So all you have to do is say, God, show yourself to me. Hmm. I want to trust you, and I need you to show me how to do this. And he's going to show you Jesus. That's the way to God. And it is nothing but but goodness. God is good. God is love. And, and he, is, he is also a righteous and just God. So wherever you see evil and, and wickedness, God's going to deal with that. Make sure you're not on that side of the fence anymore. That's all. When you call out and say, hey, please cleanse me, save me, and I want to follow you. And, and, and he's going to do that just from the inside out. So trust him. And call on his name, and he will come and meet you because he's been waiting your whole life for you to call on him. Uh, he will never, ever knock down a, a door. He, he's a gentleman, and he will only go where he's invited. So yeah, if you're saying, no, I don't want nothing to do with you, he will let that go. He will, he will let you be on your own. And why you'd want to do that is beyond me, but okay. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what yeah, heaven is just icing on the cake. You know, we need God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit to get through here, <laughs> to get through this life. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I realize. 
yeah, and my logical brain takes over, and I was realizing a long time ago that if you live, uh, you know, you're according to God, it's much easier. You know, you, you're not going to have a yes. kid at 12. You know, you're not going to be a drug <laughs> addict. You know, you're not going to, uh, you know, abuse other people. You know, you're not going to, uh, you know, try and claw your way to the top at the expense of everybody you step on. You know, you're not going to commit major crimes because it, you know, gains you drug money. I mean, you're not going to be in a gang, right. you know, doing horrible things. I mean, all the things that uh, it, it's, it's fairly simple. I mean, the Ten Commandments, you know, is the basis of our, of our legal code anyway. And so if you, if you just take, and the basic ones, you know, don't steal, don't covet, you know, I mean, those two alone, you know, cover most of the crimes uh, that are out there in much more detailed legal books. But the, it, it's easier. And I don't know if this gets talked about enough, that if you live a life according to God, it's easier to marry your high school sweetheart and stay together. Didn't work for me, right. you know, but, but it's easier. You know, it's, it's easier to, to have that one partner through life. It's easier to, uh, you know, to not complicate your life with all these things that are out there, all the temptations of, uh, of Satan and everything else. I mean, it's easier. And I don't think it's talked enough about people think it's, it's harder to live a, a life with God, but it's not. It's actually easier. And that never, that never really it comes up easier. much. Yeah, it's much well, easier. Well, it's because it's, it's cloaked in a lie. Hmm. Because the lie of the enemy is, oh, you have to give up all your fun. You have to, you know, you can't ever do anything enjoyable ever again in your whole life if you follow God. Because, you know, he, he's such a horrible taskmaster. And mm-hmm. that's just a life instead of hell. Because there is joy in the Lord. There is peace in the Lord. And the whole world is looking for peace. That's why you have so many people um, self-medicating with alcohol or drugs or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, because they are looking for peace, something to, or all the adrenaline junkies are, are trying to, to do something to make them feel Yeah, hey, I was a flight instructor. I, I came under that for a while, too. <laughs> it was, you know, my yeah. life got really boring when I wasn't teaching anymore. No, seriously, the adrenaline junkies, that, that's a real thing. You know, I used to, I used to joke around. If, if I didn't have a near mid-air collision every week, I wasn't uh, teaching enough flying. <laughs> you know, and I was serious. <laughs> well, but there's, there's just, it's a completely different life. It's a completely different mindset. Um, yeah. You can have peace in the midst of all the chaos going on. Uh, mm-hmm. We have authority over that, but that's a whole other show. But it's it's just um, a different. Isn't it always life. when and we talk? So I, I would just, there's always another show. <laughs> there's always another show. <laughs> yeah. This is where we create right. shows. I have reporters on, so we can create more shows. Every time Wendy's on, we get like three different show ideas <laughs> at least. So. <laughs> You're going to be around for a while. Oh. You're never going to run out of topic. Yeah. No, well, it's, and, and I'm excited about where Action Radio is going um, because, you know, you are relentless in, in pursuing the, the excellence of, of this show and, uh, and, and the reporters that, that you bring in and the topics that we cover. And it's, it's going to be blessed, and you are blessed. And the, the ideas that God gives you are, are truly um, a step above and beyond what anybody else in radio is doing. Um, eventually, um, they're going to see all the people who are calling you a nutcase now are going to go, oh, <laughs> we ought to get in touch with him now. Gee, he was right <laughs> three years ago about COVID. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, so, and I'm really at peace with that, too. It's really funny that, uh, that you say this because having God and knowing that God has you know, my back in the show and knowing that I have all these ideas and the responsibility to, to work with them, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, actually, just to see all these things that we talk about 
where we are so far ahead of everybody else. And I don't know if, if I don't think that makes me a prophet or anything like that. I just think that I have really, you know, have the, the, these really good ideas pop into my head. And I can't tell you where they come from. I can be like cutting an avocado thinking, and all of a sudden, huh, well, what if we took trans surgery and made it, you know, uh, elective? You know, that just, <laughs> that's how it happens. Or I'm on a bike ride. I'm thinking, huh, well, what if we do this? <laughs> you know, and I, just these things just, you know, when I, when I least expect it, something will just pop in. And it usually happens when I'm not thinking about it. And then something, just this yeah. connection will be made. And that's why I know it's not me. Because I wasn't right. thinking about it. I wasn't trying to work yeah. out the problem. The, the, the solution was just in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a really good idea. Or, or what's, there's another one that we did, uh, civil asset forfeiture to get rid of illegal aliens. Nobody's thinking about yeah. that. We are. No. Nope. Yeah, and they need to go home and build yeah. their own countries. You know, go home. You know, this is the, you know, and here's the thing, too. People that come here, they say they're coming here for a better life. No, they're coming here so that we'll pay for them for a better life. And that's not, that's, that's not a reason to come here. You know, and there are so many people who have come here legally, went through mm-hmm. the process, took the classes, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they deserve all the things that they get because they are mm-hmm. now American citizens. Well, you're speaking and of me, by the way. Illegal. You know you're speaking of me, right? You know, that, that's I went true. through that process. That's true. You are one of them. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And so and and you you're working hard on action radio and and you have worked in in many different areas and you know what everything that you do any gain that you get mm-hmm. God bless you in it because you did things correctly and and legally. So yeah. Yeah, and everyone else can have that too. Everyone. There is not one single illegal alien here that could not do it correctly. Mhm. And legally. And, and have the same Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so and when someone does something like that, that. How do, how, here's an, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but how does, how does God view somebody that, that steals somebody else's country by entering it illegally and occupying it and demanding services and everything else like that? That's not a legitimate life. That's not a legal it's life. Not you're, you're, so how, how does that get you? The, there, go ahead. The, the government, well, first off, this is a fraudulent government. It's an illegal government. Oh, we know um, that. At the moment. Um, God does not recognize that. They are not recognized in heaven. Okay. They do not have authority over anything in heaven, and therefore everything that has been done will be undone. It will not stand. And God will make sure that it doesn't stand. So mm-hmm. they can say and do whatever they want for the next little while, but when God disassembles it, um, it's going to be taken down to the ground and, and blown into smithereens. Um, he will not let it stand. Yeah. Well, just uh, just to let God know that uh, you know when when thing falls apart, we've got the laws to replace everything and build it back up again. We're ready to go here, you know, and have been for a long yeah, time. Yes. And and that's the thing. You know, God has been saying for two years now, if not longer, prepare, get prepared. Prepare. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're prepared. It's asked in the word over and over and over, and he's still saying it. But now it's not prepare for the hard times because that word's been given. If you haven't prepared by now, you're just going to have to suffer the consequences unless in the next 60 days you decide to get your butt in gear and, mm-hmm. and do things the way God says to do it. But um, if there's going to be a whole lot of people, including those who claim Christ, um, who just kind of blew this off as conspiracy and, oh, no, you know, that's not, that wouldn't be something that God does. Well, surprise, you are going to be really, really taken off um, guard 
because you did not prepare. And then you will have to suffer the consequences, not because God wanted that for you. It's because you're going to suffer the consequences of your own lack of preparation. So I'm just putting that out there. You you better Mm -hmm. start listening. You better start seeking the Lord about what it is that he wants you to do at this late hour um, if you're going to be prepared for it at all. And then um, those who have been prepared, who have been listening, um, will be prepared to receive the blessings. They won't have to fight through all the chaos and the turmoil and the, and the sorrow. And, and you, all you have to do is be prepared to receive the blessings because you've remained faithful and you've prepared ahead of time. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was easy. <laughs> you know, I don't always disagree or have questions. <laughs> you know, that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, the only thing I have uh, slight regret is that I don't, you know, I don't have uh, the wherewithal to, to prepare better. You know, just because of where we are at Action Radio, but I realize that because you know God has the back of the show in me, and I've never you know suffered totally. I've never been without anything I've needed. Um, that this just carries on, and so I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because what I do, you know, I don't know anybody else on the planet can do for some reason, and I don't mean that out of arrogance. I just mean that out of I haven't seen the evidence of anybody else doing what we do, and so. Right. That's where I come about with that. But uh, would I like to have, uh, you know, some nice uh, stockpiles of stuff? Yeah, I would. And I would have done it. But, um, you know, like I say, lack of means has, has made the preparations that I wanted to take, um, you know, not able to happen. So the question is for, for us folks out here that, uh, uh, you know, are sacrificing for something which we believe is greater. In other words, the ability of people to write the laws that they consent to be governed by, um, you know, I'm hoping God says, okay, you know, hey, I tried. <laughs> you know, this seemed more important at the time. <laughs> you know? So that, that's going to be, that's an interesting, we'll see how that works out. Yes. Yeah. So if, if God could, you know, reach into more people and, and you know, inspire them to share. So here's the question, too, of faith. A lot of what we do here is based on faith. Okay. I have absolute faith in what we're doing. Yeah. There's, there's no question in my mind that this is the way to go. I know that it works when enough people, you know, make enough noise and, and express enough of a position, things change. I don't care how much money the lobbyists have and how much you know, the government does and all that kind of stuff. We can change things. It's not that hard to do. I mean, look at civil rights. Look at Martin Luther King. Look at well, Bud just Light. one person. <laughs> What's that? Look at Bud Light. Look at Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, one person. Totally turned off, you know, every man on the planet. It's like, uh, like I used to say about Hillary Clinton, the reason she'll never be president is because she sounds like every guy's, you know, ex-wife. <laughs> so, you know, she's, <laughs> so she, she's lost the man vote right there. So there are certain blessings in a way that, you know, so every guy's, oh, I can't, open I can't listen to that for the next four years. No, I'm sorry. Ain't going to happen. So that's, how, that's what protects us from Hillary Clinton, although people don't you know, figure that in. But well, um, there's, there's more ahead. ways to, to speak up um, because Bud Light is fixing to, to go under because they, they cannot salvage what they've done, no matter what they, they try to do now. That they're even trying to sell a, a beer at like 42 cents a can and nobody's buying it. It's, it's sitting there <laughs> because they have offended the senses of most Americans and they will not support that. Um, no. Because Isn't that great? We, there is a way to rise up and, and, and protest um, mm-hmm. and that's in the pocketbook and that's what they understand. I just love what America's doing right now. You know, saying that, that their voice is being heard. That they, Congress wouldn't hear it, but guess what? <laughs> Our voice is now being That's heard. a really good example. <laughs> That's, the, that's a really good example of when people say, well, action radio can't work, you can't write legislation. Look at Bud Light. Overnight, 
you know, all of a sudden every every man and of course a lot of women too. So I'm not gonna drink that stuff. You, you've got some nope. you know grown man dressing up like a 12 year old girl. I'm not gonna drink that. That's your emblem. You people yep. are nuts. Yeah. You know, and, and another yeah. good example, Tucker Carlson is basically, you know, when they fired him, he's basically tanked uh, Fox News. Conservatives will never yep. go back to Fox News. So people have voted nope. with their, their viewing. So the votes are there. So if people would share the bills. We could have exactly the same effect. But the problem is it's never been done before. Nobody's ever seen a citizenry rise up and actually rewrite the laws themselves. That's never happened. Better going to. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, I got Rebecca Charles on, on the line here. So what I want to do is bring okay. her on just a bit. See if you have a, do you have a few minutes for, for, uh, uh, for overlap here? Uh, not this morning, but I, I, but I do want to tell you. Wait a minute. Rebecca, you know, Hold on. <laughs> yes, God. Keep going. Okay, absolutely. You got it. 60 days. Hmm. All right. I'll wait and see. Can you can you like um, share our show? <laughs> you know, with, when you're up there, God. <laughs> okay. <sighs> he says he'll take care of it. Yes, he will. <laughs> Thanks, God. Appreciate you got my back. Maybe we should explain that to Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> this, Hi. Good morning. Oh my God, good, morning. <laughs> good, good morning. Good morning, Rebecca. <laughs> we we do have a little morning, fun here. Wendy. Yeah. We're the only show that uh, God calls directly. By the way. <laughs> That's really nice. I need him to pull my phone too. Okay. Well, uh, right. just ask. You know, just uh, you know, eight six seven five three zero nine. You know, dial away. Just kidding. <laughs> We're having a great morning here. Um, so, Wendy, yes, let's get your contact information, and then we'll switch over and see if Rebecca has a question for you, but uh, or just like one because I know you have to go. So, so how do okay. we reach you? You can reach me at Wendy Arthur on Facebook or Art by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. So y'all have a blessed day. And remember, bow now and avoid the rush. <laughs> I'll that on a T-shirt. I'm going to talk to you about T-shirts, by the way. So this will be another conversation. Okay. I have ideas. Bye. Thank you, Wendy. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye, Wendy. <laughs> Oh, this, this has been hysterical. Wendy and I get the giggle sometimes. We really do. And so it's, it's a very serious topic, but we have way too much fun with it. So, uh, yeah, you know, God wants you to have a sense of humor, even in the darkest of times. And I know your struggle. I know what you're going through. Uh, not personally, because I don't have that same uh, situation, but, uh, you know, I've lost friends, you know, very close friends. Um, and so, um, but no matter what happens, it's okay to have a sense of humor. It's okay to laugh, you know, occasionally, even, even the, the burden that you're carrying. You know, and that's why I hope you, you and Wendy talk about this. But, uh, you know, the, the best of work is uh, like me. You'll hear me joking around with Action Radio all the time. This, this, is, this is serious for me. I mean, this really is. I have an absolute, you know, lifetime commitment to, to getting as much freedom as many people as, as humanly possible by showing them things that they never thought of. I'm absolutely committed to that. But if I do it all the time, I, yeah. I feel completely oppressed by it. I don't want to feel oppressed by it. I want it to be fun. And so this is why you'll, you'll, you'll hear me have, you know, <laughs> this is why God calls the show directly. <laughs> it's the only, it's the only yeah. report where it happens, by the way. That, that's, a, that's a way. I did that to her once as a joke. And it was so funny we kept it. So I said, what's that? Oh, okay. No, it is phone. funny. It is funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have this little phone thing here. So, you know, yes, God. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, where, where else are you going to you know, hear something like that? So anyway, so what's going on with you this week? What's happening? What's um uh, any accomplishments, any, any, anything to report, any revelations, questions, whatever's on your mind? 
Well, I spoke to another lady called Masha Joyner, and she started a hospice group, Murdered by Hospice, um, after they murdered her mother. So what I'm seeing right now is that, yeah, the murders have started in small forms, and now we could collectively put them all together, murdered Mm -hmm. by the hospital through the COVID protocol, murdered by hospice, you know, and now the uh, director of the CDC, Michelle Lewinsky, I mean, she had the reports, you know, Dr. Naomi Wolf came out and spoke about it. She had the reports in her hands. Mm-hmm. Showing that these babies will die, they will have. Yeah, she's a murderer. You know, she's a mass murderer. So how how are these people still in power? How are these? Well, because, how are these? I don't want to well, understand. Well, how is an illegal how is an illegal government still in power? How come Brandon's in the White House? He wasn't elected. You know, I mean, we've I, got I triggers. I know that. I know that. We, we, yeah. it's, it's like it just gets worse and worse as the day goes on. So mm-hmm. you remember that story years ago about the nurse who killed the patients in a hospital and he got life in prison. Remember that story? He was injecting patients. Maybe There's 10 a years few ago. stories like that. Usually nursing, was it a nursing home or was it a hospital? No, it was a hospital and it was a nurse that had found out that he killed several patients. Now right. there was justice then. I mean, this guy, he was found out and there was justice. But now we have 1.1 murders in America through the hospital protocol. And we don't see any justice. And like for you mean 1.1 million. Shit, 1.1 million. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And now, and now for like for Scott Share, his lawsuit is three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. How many people have three hundred thousand dollars to fight a system like this? So you say so, that's not how much he's suing for. That's how much. That's just his legal fees. Three hundred thousand. That's his legal fees to start. Yeah. 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 Now I does asked, he get that? Asked, does he get that reimbursed if he wins? Is it a loser pays situation? We don't know what's going to happen because it seems like the judges are all corrupt. So we have no idea. It's a prayer every day that, you know, something's going to happen positive because once his case gets won, I know yeah. for them it's not about money. It's about justice. So I don't know how many. Well, no, I mean, it's the same thing with you. You know, you can't replace, yeah. uh, you can't replace folks. Uh, and everybody understands that. Um, but what, what you need, though, is to punish these people, make them literally pay. You know, pay with with money, which is what they value more than anything else. So Rochelle Walensky is a mass murderer. You know, Dr. Fascist is a mass murderer, you know, many times over. You know, these people are are just pure evil. They're sociopaths, psychopaths. How can you stand before the American public and say, you know, I mean, I just watched her in, in a testimony, I think, the other day, wherever they did it. Well, we thought at the time that uh, the vaccine would prevent all transmission. Of course, they, they that, that was a lie. I mean, everything they do is, is this lie, and they don't care because they're, they're getting money and they're protected. So if you take – so the answer to your question, if you take an illegal government, you know, from Mike Pence and the deep state and, and getting rid of the Trump electors, that's what, that's what January 6th was all about. So they get rid of the Trump mm. electors. They refuse to consider those. They don't send them back to the states, uh, and they install Brandon in the White House. Well, by doing that, they basically, you know, committed a coup. So when you commit a coup, it's like, it's like when somebody forces you to sign a contract. That contract's not valid. It was signed under duress. So it's an illegal, illegal contract. That was an illegal election. So everything that Brandon has done, you know, since walking to the White House illegally has been illegal. All the troops that are sent, all the money that's spent, all the mandates, everything that he has done, every order he has signed has been illegal. And yet it's there. It's enforced. But where the are the problem, generals? Where, where are the generals? Uh, well, you don't want the military taking anybody... over. Do Pardon? You don't want the military taking over. That's that's not gonna that's not gonna be uh, you know you don't replace one dictatorship with another you don't have to 
you know, this can be voted out. Just, this can be, you know, if, if, the, if the Congress had any, any guts at all, they would refuse to serve. If the Republicans walked out, which is what they should, because they're part of the deep, deep state, too. The problem is there aren't mm-hmm. enough people of, of conscience. You know, there are not people that are really willing to fight for freedom. But the proper stance in Congress that's, would be to shut Congress down. And, and mm-hmm. you know, go ahead. What were you going to say? I said that's what I'm seeing because right now what we have to do, mm-hmm. we have to put death by hospital protocol, hospice mm-hmm. murder, mm-hmm. Um, vaccine murders all under one platform because yeah. to wake the American exactly. people up. In every well, form and fashion, they're trying to kill us. You never wake all the people up, so I wouldn't have that as a goal. Uh, if you look at our founding, you know, basically it was one third, uh, and it doesn't take everybody either. You know, one third of, of this country, you know, wanted to be independent. Uh, one third uh, wanted to go to uh, or maintain, you know, the crown, uh, the British crown, and they went to Canada. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are my ancestors, my Canadian ancestors. You know, went up there. Um, but uh, and of course, you know, me being an American patriot, I was like, hey, sorry, you guys are wrong. Canada's too cold, first of all. Um, but the other thing is one-third of the people did nothing. They were, you know, doing the equivalent of football and beer. Nothing wrong with football and beer, but it's not, it doesn't make you politically active. Well, I see what I see is these laws are moving in so quickly. Like, mm-hmm. I believe last couple of days, Ireland had passed a law where you cannot watch anything beside the primetime um, news reports. You would be uh-huh. charged if you watch any other um, journalists. Uh, what is what? really going on? I mean, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. the so, law in Ireland, uh, yes. So Ireland has a law that, because uh, yeah. I'm going to look this up here. And what's it called? Does you you have to watch the, the government part, sources? Yeah, you, you could only watch the um, news that's on the television. You're not allowed to watch any ju- citizen journalists. And that's the same thing they're trying to do here. Well, we've got listeners in Ireland. We've got listeners in Ireland. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, we have listeners in Northern Ireland. We have, you know, we have UK listeners. In it was just United... signed. It was just signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me take a look. All right, so, so, so our, yeah. hang on. Irish law. Wearing, uh, let's say Irish law banning citizen journalists. Just banning mm-hmm. citizen. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Now you get me curious. Section 31, broadcasting ban. That's uh, 2021. Later, people like journalists. Media organizations banning journalists. <laughs> that seems like a contradiction. This is all 2021 stuff. I don't see mm. anything. Uh, I don't see anything right this year. Journalists I have to privilege. look it up because Marie, to- Marie told me about it yesterday. Uh-huh. Huh? I don't there see. There must it. be a bill. A new bill or something that's passed in the in the okay. Irish courts, but between Macron, Trudeau, I mean, I see all these things happening, and in the U.S., uh, sometimes honestly, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I mean, we we care about the animals, the whales, you know, the fish in the sea, and everything, but human life seems to be, uh, you know, nothing worth nothing to right now. Well, they they do it. Um, hang on, let me just. Uh, I'm just I'm just doing it. So we got uh, Sinn Fein seeks to outlaw by blacklisting of journalists by media organizations. Well, I'll take a look at that later. Uh, and that was uh, 2021 also. Yeah, I think it's old. Um, now a lot of times people are worried about bills that haven't passed yet. Now, yes, it's important to stop bills that haven't passed, but a lot of things are put in the hopper, as they say, 
And so every, mm-hmm. just to give you an example, like every year, uh, a bunch of leftists, you know, Marxist Democrats, you know, put in a law to repeal the Second Amendment uh, or confiscate all guns. They do it all the time. It's never going to mm-hmm. pass, at least I hope not. But, but the thing is that a lot of really absurd laws are put in. And so that's not the problem. So they throw out all the extreme ones, the, the wacko ones. But the ones they do pass are pretty bad. I mean, any kind, of gun for, kind of, any kind of gun law is unconstitutional if it touches your right to own and carry guns. So we know that. But they still do it anyway because they have the guns. And that's the, the whole show today is about the reversal of the Second Amendment. And so the time to, to, to really – I mean, yes, you want to stop the bills. But a lot of times, just watch the bills because a lot of times you can waste effort on bills that are never going to pass. Oh, no, we have to stop this bill. Okay, they're not going to pass it. It's okay. It, it's been in the session, you know, for the last 20 years. Ain't going anywhere. So just note that. So when, it's, when you hear something like Ireland is banning the watching of, uh, of anything but TV news, you've got to put it through the logic and reason filter. Why would they do that? Is it legal? Is that just somebody's wish list? Like AOC wants people, you know, wants Fox News, Fox News taken off the air because she says it's misinformation. <laughs> Okay, so just because mm-hmm. he says, she says it doesn't mean it's going to happen, you know. Uh, in no, fact, yeah, I, I completely, you know, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. But she was also okay. put into place, just like all of them. They mm-hmm. were just picked and put into place, you know, so the young people would follow them and follow everything they say. She didn't write the Green New Bill. She had nothing to do with it. It was all done before. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, most of these are done before. Well, see, if you, if you take a look at the, the Marxist communists, you know, folks in this country. They're the ones that put this together. Lobbyists put the bills together. The only source of, uh, that, that's putting bills together that isn't, you know, a well-paid corporate or, or, or wacko foundation is us, <laughs> you know, and our bills are better than theirs are. They're shorter. They're easier to understand. And we teach everybody how to do it. And every, everything we do here literally is transparent. If you want to see our bills, go to writeyourlaws.com. We're not hiding anything. So FBI, how do we KGB. hold... Michelle Lewinsky and Fauci, I mean, Fauci did it with AZT, had everybody take AZT for AIDS, and now mm-hmm. had scare everybody to take remdesivir. How do we hold, how does citizens hold these people accountable? Well, the best thing Because the is, lawyers is, are doing it. No, no. We're, are we, see, we're never going to see justice for them. Just like we, we never saw justice with Janet Reno when she, she murdered all those people in Waco, Texas, because she died. She's never brought to justice. Mm-hmm. We're never going to see justice uh, for Waco for Bill Clinton. He's never going to be arrested and tried for mass murder even though he's the one that ordered it, ultimately. He always says, Janet Reno did it. Well, she works for you, pal. Um, we'll never see justice. There's no way that you can make Dr. Fascist pay for the millions of people that he's killed from, from AIDS to present day. You can't do it. So what you can do is get vaccine product liability out there. You can put a ban. You can um, take the censorship off big tech with our big tech bill, both of which use liability. So if you have liability, that means any individual can sue any corporation. Look at big tobacco. Why don't we have cigarette ads? Why aren't people smoking like crazy like they did in the 40s and 50s? Product liability. Mm -hmm. So the answer to this has always been product liability. That's why I wrote the bill two years ago. I wrote a bill. These these two are mine. The the bill that gets rid of censorship from big tech and the bill that uh, puts liability on big pharma. Those are both my bills. And I'm not the only one that writes bills, but those I'm particularly proud of. Um, because using because they don't cost any money, they don't create a bureaucracy, they don't require uh, a new agency, they don't require you to hire anybody, they don't have a budget. We use the existing courts and the liability system. It's already there. So that's how you solve so how, that problem. Go ahead. So how do we shut these hospitals down that has these doctors? What type of bill could we write to do to do that? 
I mean, it has uh, to yeah. have some kind of liability. You can't have inhuman people working in a hospital. No compassion. Yeah. Starving a person. Um, I mean, this is this is something that maybe a, this yeah. is something that needs to be you know publicly you know addressed. I mean, I mean, every single hospital in America have killers in it and people without compassion. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do how how do we you know reverse that? Well, I would close down the Center for Medicaid Services, the CMS. I would close them down and give everybody a health voucher. So take all the money that goes to them and goes to Medicaid and give it directly to people in a voucher. And they can use through competition and pricing, uh, get their own services. Nobody's going to pay for themselves to be killed in a hospital. So if you want to stop the hospitals from killing people, you have to direct the money to people and away from government. That's how I would do it. So so we'd need to write the bill for that because... Mm -hmm. Like yeah, we would. With my, with my daughter, the hospital, when I was delivering her, damaged her. So she mm-hmm. lost oxygen. I sued the hospital, and I saved her money. And now, next time she went back to the hospital, they killed her. And then, mm-hmm. Center for Medicaid and Services paid a 20% bonus to use the drug to shut her organs down, and then turn around after she died and put a lien on all her money. So the pain to kill you and then taking all your money. Now, how much people who had Medicaid went into the hospital, not, didn't have their finances in order, and then mm-hmm. came out and lost everything after they died? The families left homeless. This is another, this is another horrible, you know, effect of, of CMS. The pain to murder and then season your property, season your funds, season whatever you, you know, have in your I've... trust. I've never made that connection. This is fascinating. This is an entire avenue of, of, uh, of you know, that we need to investigate. You know, how much is the, go- is the government using killing people literally to steal their property, steal their yeah. money and steal their property? See, I never thought about that. That's very interesting. So let's, that's, that's something that we need to pursue. And mm-hmm. that's going to require, mm-hmm. we can write a bill on that, you know, but the Senate for, but just like, it's, and the model that I'm going by is a product liability for, with big tobacco. Cause you don't see, there is no big tobacco anymore. You don't see cigarette ads. You don't see, uh, you know, they, they're selling all their tobacco in China because you know, they smoke like crazy, but that's their problem, not mine. Um, but that's one model. Uh, and the other, um, I was trying to think of the other model is uh, school choice, you know, the voucher system. So everybody knows that schools work best when parents, actually everybody should be given a voucher because people pay taxes for schools, mm-hmm. even, even if they don't have kids right. or, or when they're older and don't yeah. have kids, right? And so, so everybody gets a voucher, an education voucher. And you can, if you have kids, you can pay for their education. And if you don't have kids, then you can donate your voucher to whatever school you think is doing the best job. So through competition right. Right. and school choice. So in other words, the education taxes that are collected don't go to the government and go to the schools. They go directly to people in a voucher that can only be spent on education. But it could be the ballet school. It could be the theater. It could be uh, the archery range. It could be, uh, you know, the Shakespeare Club. You know, it could be the chess club. Yeah, we had had the charter schools in New York. Uh We had the charter schools that were doing Uh very well. Uh But then with the curriculum, um, that curriculum that Obama brought in, Common Core, Uh changed everything. So here we are. I think before 2020, things were different. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we probably had some justice. We probably had some sensible people in government and these three-letter agencies. I think after 2020, I think it's just lunatics working in there now, complete lunatics mm-hmm. that can't even understand common sense. So how do we pass, you know, bills like that when we have these people <laughs> who just passing things that are just against us? Well, they don't want to hear. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have no, some very yes, like you went to Matt, right? You you went to that guy office, Matt. You had everything done. You had people email them, and did you hear any response back? Oh, when I was at the rally? Yeah, nobody nobody responded back. Uh, Matt Gates' office never got back to me. So just to fill folks in who don't know the story, there was a, a medical freedom rally um, three weeks ago, maybe? Maybe a month ago. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was, it was a little bit ago. And it was on a Friday night in Pensacola at the Blue Wahoo Stadium. And we had some of the, the world's best doctors, uh, Dr. Deborah Viglione, I think uh, Diane Warner, who does our election, she's sort of like on breakdown, election integrity report. Those two put it together. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, the problem with rallies is that each time they've gotten fewer people. So I'm not a big fan of rallies. I'm not. I just, I don't think they do mm-hmm. a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more, you know, I'd much rather have people actually work on bills and send them in because you go to a rally, you scream and yell, you, it's like a talk show. You know, talk shows don't accomplish mm-hmm. anything. Talk show, and actually, I, I said this for a while. This is one of my, my more controversial positions that the talk show format, you know, you know, the two minute interview, the, the, you know, the yeah, yeah, rah, rah. You know, the, the news break, the traffic, the weather, that's an obsolete format. Most talk shows are obsolete because they don't do anything. Most podcasts, you know, they just complain. They raise complaining to an art form, but they don't do anything. You know, so media has to move to activism because the left is active. You know, you look at CNN, MSNBC, those are active propaganda, you know, arms of the Democrat Party. And so in order for us to battle them, we have to have conservative and patriot and America first organizations that are just as activists. We need to move to conservative news advocates and getting, get away from this idea of, of journalists. It's too late for that. We don't have time for that. So that's, that's for, well, I think, you know, I think since you write very good bills, I think it would be good to write a bill where mm-hmm. if, if, our senators and congressmen are not listening to us, and you have more than 50%, then we have a right to throw them out of office. Well, you can throw them out anytime. I mean, you can recall members of Congress, but the House is recalled every few years. I'm not a big fan of recall. Um, there was a bill in Florida, the, the recall, recall Florida is an organization um, that uh, wrote a bill. You know, actually, we helped them way back in the beginning uh, on how to write bills. But so they wrote a bill to recall uh, county supervisors. Uh, it's not even at the state level. And the state Senate, I think it passed the House overwhelmingly. Uh, but then it went to the Senate, and it's in committee. It's not going anywhere. Session ends Friday. Um, to me, that's, it, it, you know, not to be too critical friends of mine, but there was a total waste of time. <laughs> because, you know, the recall, recalls are really tough to do. And so rather it's than... too much uh, red tape. Yeah, it takes too long. You know, look at Gavin Newsom. They spent millions tape. of dollars trying to recall him, and he has an election coming mm-hmm. up anyway. Wait for the election. Work against him in the election. It's much easier. But what you really need is election integrity. Now, I just read an article this morning uh, from Roger Stone that was talking about Florida in this effort to pass this exemption so DeSantis can run for president while he's serving as governor. See, I don't believe in special treatment for people. If that's the law, then mm-hmm. he had to wait until uh, he's not governor before he runs for president. That's the law, right? Mm-hmm. So follow it. Don't mm-hmm. give these special exemptions for people. Anyway, but the point is, there's a lot, a lot of unelection integrity things in it. Let me pull this up here for my Roger Stone article. Roger Stone, here we go. So is this Florida, the headline is Florida Republicans Death Wish. Roger Stone, May 2nd. So this is yesterday. And there's a section here which, which covers, let me see if I can pull this part up here. Uh, it says, regarding the April 28th, 2023 version of SB 7050. Now, I've had some people say that yeah, this isn't exactly accurate, but let's, let's, let's go with it and let people make their own decision. It says, currently, there's a media and messaging campaign exclusively highlighting a few good things in this bill. This is the one that would you know, allow DeSantis to run for president. But there are problems. It says official information from government entities, the first one, SB 7050, unnecessarily limits the supervisor's duty to act 
to official information from specified government. Let me see if I can find that in English. Yeah. And it says non-U.S. citizens on voter rolls are still able to vote. That's a problem. It's a problem. Non-citizens can do anything, <laughs> really, um, as far unless except they have permanent resident status. This is application to register to vote by mail lacks basic safeguards. Removes the legal address requirement. This is allow option for hand recount at precinct level. Uh, current law mandates the use of tabulators and prohibits hand counts. Okay, so the, so they've done. The, the, this is basically the anti-election integrity bill. It does everything wrong, and all this stuff is stuck in this bill. See, that's the other problem with bills is the title. You know, has nothing to do with what's actually in the bill. So we have a bill that Roger Stone's pointing out. And again, I've had some folks question this because uh, I shared it pretty widely this morning. But it looks like it's a bill to take out the very safeguards of, of uh, uh, paper ballots, hand counts, you know, all the things that we advocate. And then it's to go to machines and tabulators. Well, we know what that did for Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. put Katie Hobbs in the governor's seat when obviously she lost by a, by a massive margin. So that's part of the problem is that um, just the whole legislative process, the way it works, you know, that uh, it, it's a mess. I mean, it really is a mess. But you've got to follow through and follow the process. Anyway, let me finish my story real quick on, uh, on what happened with the, uh, the rally. So for those that, that weren't there and haven't seen the video because um, Larry Downs Jr. made a video of this, uh, I get before the crowd and I said, everybody take out your cell phones. I said, I want you to go to writeyourlaws.com. And that's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S for our new folks. And I said, go to legislation, click on that, then click on all proposed laws and find our bill on vaccine product liability. Click on that. Now, obviously, I did it slower in front of all the people so they could follow this through. And then I said, save that, save that link. And I said, then go to your next browser window and put contact Matt Gates. And I said, once you get his email, then you're going to fill in your information and just post the bill right into that email and say, please submit and advocate this bill. And that was it. And I said, then send it. And I don't think anybody did. And we had 120 of the most active people in this medical freedom issue in the Pensacola Bay area. And I can't, no one told me that they were sent it in, that his office, Matt Gates' office never called me. If they had 20 responses, they would have called me. Hey, Greg, what's going on with your bill? All these people are sending it into us. Never happened. Right. So I know. Right. So, so there's the disconnect. Okay. And as I've told people, and this is, you're going to face the same problem with your website. You can do the information. You can do the research. You can write the bills. You can create the website. But you, what you can't do is share it for people. I cannot share the show for people. I cannot share the bills for people. They actually have to do that part themselves. And that's where, the, that's where your, your, your greatest problem is going to be. You can do the best work in the world, but when it come, you can't force people to share it. But that's required for you to be successful. They'd rather sh- share a Kim Kardashian video mm-hmm, than show mm-hmm. your website. That's what you're up against. But it doesn't matter. You still have to do it anyway because that's your calling. All right. Right. So keep going. You'll be fine. But you've got to do it. And you need to do it for you as much as anybody else. And well, so like as I was you do talking you... about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm done. I, I've been talking too much. Well, like I, was, <laughs> no, I was speaking about, you know, how they the Medicaid services come and seize your money and seize your property to pay the bills. It's mm-hmm. one thing. But then if you have a trust, like my daughter, she had a trust to protect her money, um, you know, $419,000 right after she wow. died within two months. There was a lien on her money. I could have used that money to to file, you know, a lawsuit, a criminal lawsuit like Scott Shera. So um, how could they put a lien on that? That doesn't make sense. Well, 
they put a lien on the state of New York put a lien on it to recover the services they provided for her while she was alive. But in the same time, wait, wait didn't health insurance pay for that? Doesn't no, health insurance uh, pay for that? No, because she was special needs, she had a job code, she had workers coming home, taking her to work, taking her different events. Um, huh. But this is things that everybody gets. I mean, health insurance, she had private health insurance through my husband's insurance. She had Cigna PPO, which she also got money for that. So she never mm-hmm. saw Medicaid doctors. My daughter only saw specialists paid for either cash or, or through uh, Cigna. So right. um, the only money as a special needs you know, child all of them get services. So whether they have money or not, they get services. But when they so the, die, so if there was anything uh, left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see how they can take your money. Unless that's, that's, that's some new law. scheme, some new... Uh, so we need to change that law. Yeah, I'm just going to benefit you. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Scott, Scott spoke about it. You know, It's in his show last week on the SGT report. He spoke about mm-hmm. what they did to me. And he said, yeah, this is the law. I mean, this is how they trick, the scheme, the racketeer, you know, in every form and fashion. I'm dealing like I'm dealing with a mobster now, you know. This is what it looks like. This is not normal. Well, so they're, they're becoming a lawless, you know, they're becoming loan sharks and, uh, and predators. You know, there's not much mm-hmm, difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, if you remember the, I've used this example before, if you remember the, the mafia uh, in New York mm-hmm. and New England used to run something called the numbers game. And the numbers game was where you pick, you know, numbers uh, in this, uh, you know, random drawing. And if your number came up, you won. If you didn't, you had to pay or you had to pay for it ahead of time. Well, the numbers game, the, the, the government tried to stop the numbers game forever and they never could. So they did the next best thing. They created the, the lottery. <laughs> That's what the lottery came from. Oh. Okay. Oh, so the lottery, the lottery is basically the mafia numbers game made legal. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, it's great history. This is the nice, nice part about me being old. I know all this stuff. Um, but um, you look at the, there was a thing that used to be the Irish sweepstakes. So the Irish sweepstakes were hugely popular in the United States because you couldn't gamble. You couldn't, you, there were no lotteries in the United States. So, so these countries overseas, like Ireland in particular, used to have a lottery, which was legal in Ireland. And they're happy to take Americans' money. <laughs> you know, so the Irish, so back mm-hmm. in the 60s, you ever look up in history, look at the Irish sweepstakes. And so they were massive. Now, the Irish sweepstakes died as soon as lotteries became legal here. Why? Why would you send your money to Ireland when you can buy a lottery ticket here? Why would you gamble with the mafia when you can do it legally? Besides the odds, mm-hmm. better, even though they're horrendous. <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that's how government works. So now government, because they're so big and so powerful and they don't care, uh, once they got away with installing an illegal government, then there's no limits on them. They can do whatever they want. That's why this is such a dangerous thing. People have no idea. And they'll say, well, you're an election denier. Well, yeah, <laughs> because there wasn't an election. It was a coup. You know, I can't yeah, be an election denier. Yeah, so, so, you know, so these people, they think they can get away with anything now. So, but remember, whoever controls the laws controls the country. You know, and uh, it doesn't take money to do this. It takes political will and popular will. So the one advantage we have over the lobbyists is they require money. They have to buy Congress. Well, that's expensive. Unfortunately, they have the money to do it. So how is it that uh, Congress was convinced to take away product liability from vaccines when my local donut shop has product liability? My local auto mechanic has product liability. You know, Joe's widget factory in podunk arkansas you know has product liability why is one of the biggest 
industries in the world, big pharma, not have liability for vaccines? How can that, that possibly? Off? Exactly. Can that pay them How off? Can that, yeah, they paid them off. How can that possibly be in the public's interest? How can we have gone through three years of COVID and not one single vaccine liability bill, including mine, I think I'm the only one, really, uh, is even talked about on the news? How can that be? The obvious solution, it was the solution for big tobacco, was product liability. That's how they got them. Because nothing good comes from cigarettes. We know that. But how come big pharma got away with actually taking liability? Because they used to have liability. Before 1986, they had product liability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were responsible for their products. It like happened with Reagan, company. right? With Reagan? Reagan did it. Reagan screwed mm-hmm. up. So all you conservatives mm-hmm. are like Ronald Reagan. You better check the record. It's not that good. Mm-hmm. He talked tough. I mean, he sounded great there. The Brandenburg Gate, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Brilliant. Okay, now what? Let's take a look at his record. He signed budgets that he never should have signed. He passed laws that he never should have passed. Never should have signed that bill. That was insane. It seems like they were all put there as puppets. And they had to Not do necessarily. Well, 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 the problem, I think, is I posted this yesterday uh, that what we really need is a really good poll of the country. Uh, see, the problem is that the, our country right now is that we have political parties, and we have two political parties dominating. So the Democrats choose who the Democrats can vote for, Democrat Party. The Republican Party chooses who the Republicans can, can vote for. Well, that's kind of a limited pool of people. Unless you have someone like Donald Trump, a billionaire comes along. But how many billionaires do we have that, want, that love the country? don't love themselves. Not that many. The only one I know is Donald Trump. He's the only billionaire who had the money, so much money, he couldn't be corrupted. He couldn't be bought. And he, he loved the country and wanted to do something for us. He's unique in our history. That's why it's so important he gets back, uh, you know, to win the election. He it's loves so this country. Important. He does. And they hate him for he it. He don't want to see this country fail. He don't want right. to see this country fail. You know, yeah. forget about his personality. It's everything he have done for this country. What's wrong with his personality? I like his no, personality. No, people, you know, he, I like it because I'm a New Yorker. I'm used to that. But everybody <laughs> else always talks about his personality. But what, you know, that is not what's making the, passing the bills. That's not what's changing the law. It's what yeah. he's doing to help the farmers, to help the blacks, to help, you know, different organizations, to mm-hmm. get us out of the WHO, get us out of the climate change. He did all of mm-hmm. that, you know, and Biden came and reversed everything that he did. So yep. what is, and I can't understand why people can't see that. They still talk about his personality. Well, that's, <laughs> it's, what, it's, that's what they hear on the news. They, all they're doing is repeating, they're like program zombies, okay? So yeah. what, you, what you say is when you stop being a zombie and you start thinking for yourself again, like you did when you were five years old, then we can talk. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're going to be a zombie, I, you know, I can't talk to you because all you're doing is, is repeating back. You're just playing the tape back in your head. Oh, Trump has a bad personality. Trump did evil tweets. He's not presidential. I'll oh, give me a break. The reason so they hate Trump. how do you think we could change? Yeah, how do you think we could change the law with the bill? How, who do you think we could get to change the law that CMS do not? Because Biden just extended the um, emergency use authorization so the doctors and hospitals are still getting protected and they're still using these drugs. Wait a minute. That the, the, death. Oh, I heard the emergency was over as of May 11th. Was I wrong? Am I in error? Has something changed? As of May 11th? I have yeah, to check that, the, that. Isn't that when the emergency is supposed to end? Now, it wouldn't be surprising well, if they ended some part of the emergency but maintained the liability. <laughs> that, would, yeah, that would be well, the perfect, they, yeah, okay. 
So it's like um, Scott Scher found a document where Ron Emanuel and Obama passed the law literally the day before Thanksgiving and on Thanksgiving where nobody's reading these, these documents that uh-huh. it's okay for the hospital to take out special needs. It's okay for the hospital because they're a burden on the family. Uh, Down syndrome children is a burden. They list 30 something different reasons why they don't deserve to live. And, and if the hospitals could get away with killing and if they decide not to, they would not be held for prejudice. What kind of bill is that? How in the um, world genocidal. would that even pass? <laughs> Yeah, well, um, because nobody read it. I mean, it's just Obama was president. Well, let me, let me, I'm, I'm just writing a couple of things down, so I am momentarily distracted. Um, I'm mm-hmm. still, uh, it's back what you said before about the CMS, you know, killing people so they could steal property. Do you remember when Sarah Palin was talking about the death panels? Mm-hmm. And everybody laughed at her. She said, no, if you look at Obamacare, it talks about denying health care, you know, for people that they don't want. Older people, people mm-hmm. that are special needs, you know, people that uh, are politically, uh, you know, objecting. It's Nazi Germany, you know, and, and communist Russia. It's like, you know, putting people in gulags and killing people they don't want. Well, that, that, you, that's exactly what's happening now. You know, didn't you say that it was the, the, uh, the, the people who were targeted who had not uh, consented to, the, to the, the COVID jab? Those are the ones who are going after in the hospitals. Most of them were the ones who were not, who were not vaccinated. Most of them were Christians. A lot of them were special needs, you know, they uh-huh. had no protection over them. They got sick and they went straight into the hospital from the, mm-hmm. from the special needs home. And you have yeah. so many of them that are literally legal drug addicts because once you're special needs, they start you on drugs as early as possible. And then another drug and another drug and another drug. So, and then when Medicaid so runs industry. out or you, yeah. you made your quota with Medicaid, then they could take you out. I mean, this, is, this has to be exposed. Yeah, but it only has to be exposed. See, exposing things doesn't work because it's only part of the battle because they don't care. You know, we've exposed a lot of things. I mean, every, you know, those that know, know that uh, and the Democrats know this especially, that Brandon did not win the election. But they don't care because they're allowed to maintain power. So you have to change the laws. Now, this is, this is why th- this show is so suppressed. It's because they know. You know, I mean, the algorithms came out on us, you know, March 2nd, 2020, when I said that, uh, you know, the COVID government response is a total hoax, that we've got it. We have chloroquine, which cures COVID. I said, there's no reason to panic. There is no pandemic. Ever since that day, you know, uh, things have been really tough around here, but I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. And one day, all these podcasts are going to be hugely successful, as will the show. It's only a question of breaking through. And we will do that, you know. One day, the right person is going to have enough courage to, to get us out there uh, into the public eye, and things, things will explode on this show. It's going to be quite interesting. Same thing with you. In fact, all the folks that are doing what you're doing, you know, all these different websites, you have to come together. It's the only way it's going to work. Mm-hmm. You have different branches of it. You know, you can have different divisions within the website. But you, you have to mm-hmm. have, you know, a death by government hospital, you know, or whatever it is, whatever you, you all decide on. Um, to put your websites together or just bring it under, you know, you have your individual websites listed, you know, like, like, the, like a menu bar. So your website's on the menu bar, uh, the person you talked about earlier, their website's on the menu bar, and you have like, a, like an overall, you know, all-encompassing, you know, primary website that folks go to. So that's, that's what you have to do. But it, we have to break through, and I'm not sure how to do it yet, but we have to break through so that enough people share our legislation with enough other people, you know, and all those folks share it with media and with government. So it goes from, uh, actually, media would be real help if they reported on what we do. 
Ideally, mm-hmm. this is supposed to work media, which is why I started the show, media, right? So my show was supposed to be able to reach nationally with a huge audience to get the information to people who would then share it with government and other media. But it, it's, it's, you know, it's the show to people, to media, to government. That's how it's supposed to work. Whereas the lobbyists do it the opposite way. The lobbyists go to government, then to media, then to the people. <laughs> you know, so the, and the people get screwed over. So we got, we're reversing the process of how legislation is normally done. Well, since well I think the before, biggest thing in America, the mm-hmm. biggest thing right now is euthanasia. Mm-hmm. If that's what it is. That's pretty why, much what it is, euthanasia. So we're talking about... Whether you, you know, you're a baby, you're an adult, you're an elderly, you special needs. It's, they are training these doctors and hospitals to, to euthanize these patients. You know, even the doctors are pushing to, to get money, the obstetricians in them got money to push the vaccines on pregnant women. So we have to hold them liable that they cannot push these things on people. It's not tested. It's all about euthanasia. Mm-hmm. I mean, depopulation. This is really the mass, mass murdering in America. Illegal you know, mass to, murdering. Yeah, we might have to extend. In fact, this is not a bad idea. They extend product liability to anybody who delivers the product, not just the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, vaccines, but uh, the pharmacists, the doctors, the hospitals, everything else. It's not a bad idea. Let me take a look mm-hmm. at that for my bill. So this is, uh, this is how we legislate on the air, folks. So vaccine bill, vaccine liability to include, I think we're, this, this is kind of, I think we're breaking some ground here to include all hospitals, doctors, Pharmacists at all. Basically, anybody that that, that puts a that has a hand in putting a vaccine into a person. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to go out the truckers to transport the stuff, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. A, you know, but I'm going to. But the pharmacists who say, "Oh yeah, hey, no insert, no, nah, don't worry about it." Uh, you know, product disclosure, nah, I don't care. Go ahead, take the vaccine. Right? Ever see that video of the Walgreens? Is the Walgreens just yeah. CVS pharmacist? Yeah. And this woman goes up and says, well, what's in this stuff? Well, I don't know. You know, what's the, uh, why, why, delu- why, you, why are you giving people something that you don't know what's in it? Wow, well, just, just following orders. You know, and then they said, well, 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 stop doing it. Well, I can't. It's my job. Really? In your job description, kill people? Don't tell them what's in the, in the jab? That's in your job description? I don't think so. Of course, they can't say it openly, but that's basically what, what he's doing. And yet he goes back with his white lab coat, goes back and, you know, gives more people the jab. See, this is how conditioned mm-hmm. people are. So, so, well, it's my job. I have to. I have to follow orders. You know, I had a, the, the, the mayor of um, Milton, uh, Heather Lindsay, when she was on the show, um, talked about, you know, when I said, why, why are you obeying these ridiculous, you know, or this is back when DeSantis was dictator DeSantis in Florida. And he said, uh, you know, we're going to close the beaches. We're going to close the parks. We're going to close the schools. You know, we're going to stop COVID. I'm like, you idiot. A, that's unconstitutional. B, it's not going to work. And stop the masks too. Masks are, of course, we all know now they're horrible, you know, with, with the, the effect of masks, you know, but we, we were saying this back when they first came out. I called them dictator DeSantis. I said, don't do this. <laughs> you know, we had bills on it. We had all kinds of stuff. Did it anyway. They, they don't, uh, you know, they, we could have prevented all this stuff. Um, but the only way to do it is yeah. to fix it, is to change the laws. Because when you change the laws, yeah. and then you take them to court. See, see remember Jeff Childers, the lawyer. He got the mm-hmm. mask mandate in Gainesville overturned because he took it to court. Oh, yeah, back to Heather Lindsay. Anyway, so she says to me on the show, 
You know, I said, why are you following these ridiculous dictates? They're unconstitutional. You have no authority to do it. Why are you doing it? She says, I'm just following the chain of command. I'm like, what? There is no chain of command. You're not, you're not doing that. This is the military. You know, you don't take orders, you know, from uh, different government officials. You certainly don't take orders from Dr. Fascist. Well, I don't think I was calling him that then. I so said, he can't well, only issue I, guidelines. <clears throat> Go ahead. Well, well, I think what you have to change is, like, the news channels, they got paid $10 billion to carry in the narrative from the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. company, I think Pfizer. Um, the churches got paid money to carry on the narrative. You have to take the vaccine. You know, the, the obstetrician department got paid money to push a vaccine. So we have to prevent drug companies from paying money to these agencies. That's what we have to do. It has to be exposed hmm. to the public. They cannot be allowed to bribe because it really is a bribe. Take my bribe and, and I don't care what happened next. I mean, there's no conscience here with people. You know, just writing something down here. So I don't know how we would do how you'd go after the paying of money. Pay money to media. Ten billion dollars to all the news stations to repeat the same narrative over and over and over. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin is no good. It's going to kill you. But take the vaccine. <clears throat> yeah, I wonder if you could hold them liable too. So if if they knew, see that would that would. Uh, I don't think you need a law about that. I think that just comes under um, fraud. So what they do is they commit yeah. fraud. So they're already fraud statutes. So we don't have to make a law on that particular part. But it would be interesting to hold liability um, for the pharmacists, for anybody that uh, that gave a, a COVID shot. If you gave the COVID shot and you didn't know what was in it, that's your responsibility. You know. So mm-hmm. so now now we're talking all the drugstores, all the the urgent cares, all the uh, all the places, all the little you know trailers. You know, hey, pull up, get a COVID shot. You know, with your burger. <laughs> you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but those I, folks. <clears throat> I don't know how you and then the media. I believe uh-huh. I believe that the insurance companies now are not paying out insurance for people who died who took the COVID shot because it was experimental. So well, that wouldn't surprise people are me. getting. Well, yeah, it's like uh, the NASA was your fault. You took it. So in other words, they, they mandated that you take it. And then the government says, mm-hmm. well, you shouldn't have taken it. It's your fault. We told you it was experimental. What were you thinking? So we lose a background. We keep losing. Yeah, well, but see, you gotta you gotta figure out the battle. You gotta figure out a new battlefield. I'm getting a little background noise. I don't know what you guys are doing there, but uh, uh, a little bit of noise is carrying over. Uh, so uh, just be whatever you do in the background, we hear. <laughs> it goes no, it's on the just phone. outside. Oh, okay, that's fine then. Uh, listen, I get I get cats meowing in garbage trucks, so it happens. So, so you gotta pick the battlefield. Okay, so where where can we fight these people? We can fight them on the legislative level, uh, but we need the cooperation of millions of people to be able to do it. But millions mm-hmm. of people are doing something on their own. They're not getting the shot. You know, I think 75% of Americans got the initial COVID shots, which is insanely high, by the way. That's a ridiculous amount of people to be that stupid. Um, but I think only 16% of Americans got the boosters. So that's a victory right there. So why is it? Why did people get suddenly skeptical of the boosters and take it at a far lower level than the initial COVID shots? I don't know. I think I think a lot of people were brainwashed. I think people start waking up later on. But I think I think people will wake up if we start talking about the money. I think the oh, money yeah. always opens people's eyes and start listening. If you if this is the law that's going to take away all your money, all your rights, if you die in the hospital, CMS is coming after you know your money. I mean, this is what we need people to see and to know what's going on. 
You could lose everything. So that'd be a great report. So we need to be good for that. CMS. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting. I, I'm, I'm trying to get Naomi Wolf on the show because she'd be good for this. She's doing all these, uh, pulling out all this outrageous information like Rochelle Walensky. You know, we're talking about uh, it's safe for pregnant women you know, to get the jab. Mm-hmm. Well, it's never safe for pregnant women to get anything unusual. They, mm-hmm. they recommend that pregnant women don't even drink coffee. So how can you yeah, say that? Yeah, when I was pregnant, women... I didn't even drink coffee. Yeah, exactly. Well, coffee why, didn't and... you, why, why didn't you drink coffee when you were pregnant? Because you want to keep yourself, your babies eating and drinking everything that you have in your body. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing with alcohol. Most pregnant women today do not drink alcohol when they're pregnant. There's warnings right? on the alcohol bottles for that. Exactly. So how can it be safe? Here's where, here's where people lose their logic and reason filter. They lose their brain. How can, it, how can you not drink coffee, which everybody drinks around the world, right? You know, how can you not have a glass of wine, which you know, health professionals will tell you is beneficial? How can you not do those things when you're pregnant, yet you can take an experimental COVID jab where nobody knows what's in it? That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's the power of propaganda. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. That they just so, don't even think straight after they hear they got scared into, you know, the vaccine mm-hmm. and, and, and scared into COVID and scared into everything. I mean, that's really how powerful the media is. Mm-hmm. So the counter to that is that you and I build a stronger media. You build a stronger website and I build a stronger show. That's how we counter it. But the biggest problem is where there are, there are you know, non-market forces against us. You know, you look up Action Radio, you know, and the algorithms, you know, keep people from finding us unless you know exactly which website to go to. That's what I keep saying. it. But it's really up to the people that do listen to the show to share it with everybody else. I mean, it really is. That's critical. Same thing on your website. That's why I'm, I'm trying to make a slide for my, my show from your website. So we'll, 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 folks are working on that off the air. <laughs> so I want to get every, I want a daily reminder of what Rebecca's doing so that you all see it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, listen, you know, I've, I've already got... Uh, Scott Shares uh, post up. That was that worked out pretty well. So I just need something from you so I can post every day because people should know this. Okay. So so who's mm-hmm. the woman you were talking about earlier? Uh, she was, has her own website. Who's the first person you talked about? Uh, Masha Masha Joyner. She has a, a hospital murder hospice murders. Um, hospice I'd like to murders, get her okay. on your show also. They murdered her mother, and what they do? They use all these drugs to just finish them off. I mean, how, how would these doctors get in a way, you know, they know they're euthanizing these patients. Mm-hmm. And well, they we are protected. Change the money. Yeah, we've got to change the money because people will follow the money and they'll do what their job tells them to do because they want to keep the job and they want to keep the money. So if we change the money, in other words, if people have personal health vouchers, if the people who are giving the money to the doctors are actually the consumers of the health product, same thing as if the parents and, and citizens are giving the money, you know, to schools rather than the government giving the money to schools. See, if people are giving money to schools, there'd be no woke agenda. There'd be no critical race theory. No, there nonsense. would not. There would not. There'd be no common core. Same thing with health. If people paid directly for their health with a voucher, or and if health costs were were uh, tax deductible for maybe upper incomes and uh, middle incomes would be tax credit you know, and vouchers for, for everybody, you know, especially at lower incomes. But if you, if you made a system whereby people did not have to go broke, you know, um, with cancer treatment, and maybe they get cancer treatment, they, they wouldn't die prematurely. I know I had skin cancer. I had to have a, you know, nice chunk of my ankle leg, you know, taken off. <laughs> well, it was that bad. I actually caught it really early. 
so I was lucky. Um, but, uh, you know, um, those things get taken care of uh, early. They're good. You know, so, so actually prevention saves healthcare money. That's why a lot of times they don't charge you for, you know, an insurance for, for preventions and regular visits and things like that. They catch things it's early. All it designed, saves money. It's all designed to kill you. It's all designed to kill you. There is a website called Pharma Death Clock. Want to know exactly when you're going to die, you know, with the chemotherapy drugs. That's the number one killer is the chemotherapy drugs. How really? many black box warning, yeah, the chemotherapy drugs is the number one killer. So what's, killer. That, what's, what's mean, that website? Pharma Death Clock. PharmaDeathClock.com? Mm-hmm. I think it's .com or .org. Let me just check. I mean, nobody should be taking chemotherapy drugs. <laughs> no one. Well, you know, David Trombley, who's a friend of the show, um, he's been on, he was at the rally. He got uh, bone cancer and he cured mm-hmm. it with uh, natural food, natural means, mm-hmm. you know, work, exercise, sleep. When well, we worked on it, he went to uh, all kinds of places. He did not take chemo against his doctor's recommendations. Uh, if I ever get cancer, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, I'm hoping right. not to get cancer because I'm trying to take the prevention methods now, you know, with diet and exercise and things like that. Um, but if it ever happens, I'm going to be talking to a lot of folks. I won't be somebody with chemotherapy, you know, mm-hmm. because that, you know. So how many people die of chemotherapy? It's a number one killer. I don't know the numbers. I have to pull it up for you. But I look at us as a tree, you know. A tree dies uh-huh. if the soil is bad, and that's the food that the tree is eating. Okay. So if the food, if we get cancer in our body, it's very easy to reverse. You reverse what you've been doing, reverse what you've been eating. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get the shots, that's why we have all these babies dying, you know, with cancer the last few years because they got all these vaccines that had cancer-causing agents in them. Well, they're accelerants too. They actually, uh, that's how Peter Pry died, I believe. Uh, Peter Pry, who did our national security report for like four years, uh, ever since the show started pretty much on, on Blog Talk Radio. And he got a COVID shot because he had to travel internationally. Uh, I was like, don't do it. Please don't do it. He, oh, I got to do it. Okay. Anyway, six months later, his cancer came back so badly it killed him. And his cancer was in remission. Mm-hmm. You know, he told us. I, I mean, this is off the air stuff we talked about. You know, he's passed on now so I can, I can talk about it. Um, but uh, before, you know, but while he was still going through this, he said, look, I, you know, I, this is like a year before he died. I said, look, I got uh, cancer. It's flaring up. Doctors are going to take care of it. And they did. It was going away. They fixed it. Well, then he gets a COVID shot, and six months later, he's dead from the same cancer that they already cured, or at least gotten to the point mm-hmm. where it wasn't uh, it wasn't a danger to him anymore. It was in remission. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. So Everyone's cancer is coming back in a rage. Yeah. So, so, so what it does is it, it blocks whatever in your body blocks the cancer. It blocks the blocker. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and brings your cancer back. You know. Uh, so the website is. The website is pharmadeadclock.com. Okay. P-H-A-R-M-A deadclock.com. Let's take a look at it real quick. Now I'm curious. Got you for a couple more minutes here. So pharma. Sassing. Pharma death clock. Pharma death clock.com. Okay. Chemotherapy, huh. big, 23 big million. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 23 million uh, killed by chemotherapy. That makes sense. <laughs> Got it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to joke about this, but it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. 
Well, if you, and I've done shows on this, that the, um, uh, the leading cause of death with people is, is heart disease. That's the number one killer. Uh, heart being a, the only organ that's this pumping, you know, a billion times over your lifetime. Um, the next is cancer. And the third is doctors. And it's often been reported mm-hmm. that the medical industry, the medical community, your own doctor, is the third greatest cause of death in the country. Over half a million people a year die because of their doctors. Yeah, more people die from prescription drugs than illegal drugs. Well, that's interesting, too. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, most prescription drugs are illegal. <laughs> you know, psychotropics mm-hmm. that don't do anything. You know, the, the Ritalin, the, the anti-ADHD drugs, it's ridiculous. I mean, I was ADHD. I'm still ADHD. But it works for me. You make it work for you. It's just a different set of skills. Right. You know, I can multitask like very few people can. You know, that's ADHD. <laughs> you know, I think of things incredibly rapidly. I have, the, I have an attention span so short. It's staggering what it takes mm-hmm. to hold my attention. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's ADHD. But that's most people, isn't that most people? Not to my extent. <laughs> I can't even read a book. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, get, I get a paragraph into it. My mind's already wandered in 15 different directions. Right. It's, right. Not, that I, it's not that I can't read. It's that I can't read and have it hold my interest, unless it's like an airplane story or something I really want to read, or my own. I can write mm-hmm. a book easier than I can read one. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Well, that's where your talent is. So we have to work on getting CMS to get rid of, you know, mm-hmm. take holding people money hostage, taking their mm-hmm. money, seizing it from them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you have we have to make, probably add it to the bill. Yeah. Here's what we do. I can write the bill, but what you can do is tremendous help because you, this is more your area than mine, is to tell me well, I can find out where in the, where in the law CMS, CMS is, which title. But just, just put a series of bullet points. Stop okay. them from paying for death. Stop them from seizing mm-hmm. property. Uh, stop them, you know, and then things you want. You know, take away all their money and have it in a voucher system. I mean, all the things that you want in the bill, let me know. I'll figure out the rest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, Greg. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you today. Yeah, let's get your website out there. Uh, Deathbyhospitalprotocol.com. Okay, good. Thank you. You know, you did pretty well for considering you want to do a shorter report. <laughs> here you are, full uh-huh. hour. See, once you're here, you know, it's it's uh, we we just we have so much to talk. Thank you. Have a good talk day, to you next week. Right. Yes. Thanks, Rebecca. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye. So Rebecca Charles, who has uh, deathbyhospitalprotocol.com. Uh, like I say, I'm going to find a way to put it on my slides. And uh, the slides for the show, I have all kinds of stuff. Um, some of them are kind of funny, actually. <laughs> give you, you know, look at, it gives you something to look at while you're listening to the show or the slides. Uh, see if Marco's still there. Marco, what do you think of my slides? Anyway, uh, let me take a little break here. A couple things for you guys. And uh, let's start down this end this time. Right back with the last hour in just a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. 
Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. And, of course, as always, we're looking for sponsors, and this is a message on that. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. See all the fun I have with all my buttons? <laughs> Here's one more. Let's get back to news. 
this is from Marco, who said the 80s want their telephone back. <laughs> uh, here's a... Uh, those that don't recognize that sound. <laughs> Hello, if I'm Marco from uh, the Netherlands is on uh, live chat. So uh, uh, no, no, if, if you look at Marco, if you go to our broadcast page, on your, you must be listening on a, on a phone or something like that. But if you go to on your computer, and this is for everybody too, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. That's our broadcast page. It's got all kinds of information for you. It's got, uh, in fact, I don't think I've been over this in a long time, but it, it has the, in the middle of it, it's got slides. Uh, it should have slides while we're operating, it should, while we're doing the show. Anyway, it's got the title of the show. It's got uh, our schedule. Uh, it's got uh, our websites, you know, writeyourlaws.com, uh, my substack, gregpangles.substack.com. In fact, let me, let me actually let me check this out right now. Let me, uh, hopefully it won't cause feedback or some enormous problem, but let me pull up my own show here, right now. And let's, let's see what's on the broadcast page. I don't think I've ever done this. Uh, okay, so my show is, ah, there it is. Action Radio, Second Amendment in Reverse, where the government has all the guns, and it's got a big picture of the thinker, and oh, it doesn't have slides yet. Oh, that's right. Okay, I know why it doesn't have slides. So you got a big picture of the thinker there. So the slides, when you come on, when you listen to the podcasts, that's what happens there. Okay, so uh, Marco, my mistake. (laughs) I'm sorry. Never mind. (laughs) So... So if you look at any of our past episodes, any of our episodes, see, Marco listens live, so he wouldn't have seen the slides. Marco, just go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash in action and uh, pull up a previous show. And then you'll see there's like 12 slides now or something like that. Anyway, um, so in uh, – yeah, he found them. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, instant communication. I can talk directly to someone in the Netherlands who I've never met. Uh, he types in. I talk to him. You know, it's faster. Besides, I get to talk to everybody else at the same time. All right, so this farmer death clock, this is something I've never seen before. Total deaths since January 1st of 2000. Big Pharma's chemical warfare on humanity dwarfs the number of victims killed by all world wars and acts of terrorism combined. Yeah, but you die individually in the hospital. That's why they don't care. You can kill a million people in the hospital, and it doesn't have the impact of 50,000 soldiers coming back from Vietnam. Chemotherapy, 23 million people killed. Uh, Latrogenic deaths, I don't even know what that is, 18 million killed. Hospital errors, 10 million. Drug-resistant tuberculosis, 4 million. Almost 5 million. Bed sores. Two and a half million. Hospital malnutrition, two and a half million. Adverse drug reactions, two and a half million. Medical error, two and a quarter million. Hospital infections, 1.7 million. SSRIs, I don't even know what those are, but it sounds bad, almost a million. Surgery related, seven, you know, three quarters of a million. Superbugs, half a million. Prescription drugs, half a million. Drug resistant streptococcus, yeah, the strep virus, half a million. This just goes on and on. Uh, let's see what's um uh, here we go. Topical drugs. Almost almost eight hundred people have been killed by topical drugs. What's that? Sunscreen? There we go. Uh, legal abortions, two hundred and thirty three. Oh yeah, there we go. Oh I'm sorry, that is, I was seeing abortions, how many people how many babies were killed. Now, legal two hundred and thirty three people killed by legal abortion. Worldwide, superbugs, sixteen million. Western countries, psychiatric drugs, including suicides, eleven million. Deaths in the United Kingdom from chemotherapy. 350,000. Of course, the population's a lot lower there. Pharma death clock. It's true. In the three things that will kill you, most likely to kill you, heart disease, cancer, and, and the medical industry. That's a fact. You look that up anywhere. All right. Let's get some other websites here. Uh, since we're on the topic, what Rebecca got me started on. I can talk about guns and, and the government again, too, if you want. This is from the AAPS. 
Uh, I'm not sure what that stands for. I've got to find it here. Uh, it's the American Association of, of, oh, here we go, Private Physicians. There it is. Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, the AAPS. All right. These are the good guys. And they have an article here. Biden's bounty on your life, hospitals incentive payments for COVID-19. I should send this to Rebecca. By Elizabeth Lee Vlitt, I think I've seen her before, and Ali Schultz. It says, upon admission to a once-trusted hospital, American patients with COVID-19 become virtual prisoners, subjected to a rigid treatment protocol with roots in Ezekiel Emanuel's complete live system for rationing medical care in those over age 50. Well, that'd be me. I'm 63. They have, sh- they have a shockingly high mortality rate. How and why is this happening, and what can be done about it? Well, this is the death penalty. This is exactly what, what Sarah Palin warned against. Right? This is an exposed in, uh, as exposed in audio recordings. Hospital executives in Arizona admitted meeting several times a week to lower standards of care. What? <laughs> to lower standards of care? With coordinated restrictions on visitation rights. Most COVID-19 patients' families are deliberately kept in the dark about what's really being done to their loved ones. No kidding. That's why, they, that's why they were killed. This com- the combination that enabled, you know, we should, you know who should help write this bill is these folks. That's who should help write our bill. The combination that enables this tragic and avoidable loss of hundreds of thousands of lives uh, includes, one, the CARES Act, the C-A-R-E-S Act, which provides hospitals with bonus incentive payments for all things related to COVID-19, testing, diagnosing, admitting to hospital, use of remdesivir and ventilators, reporting COVID-19 deaths, and vaccinations. Hmm. And two, waivers of customary and longstanding patient rights by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS. These are the folks we've been talking about. Oh, have I found an organization that I need to talk to? What I need to do also is get this to Rebecca, like right now. So I'm going to take a moment to go to Facebook. And I hope she's still listening. Uh, and uh, I'll put this right on her messenger. Where's my response? I found Rebecca. Hang on. Don't mind me. It's library. This is how we do things here. Yeah, she's going to find this pretty amazing. And so, like I say, she's still listening. And let me just... uh... Oh, here's something really interesting that you want to do. Whenever you put an article on on a Facebook Messenger, uh, you'll see a question mark, then you see a whole bunch of code. If you delete the question mark and the code, you take out all the tracking. So then you actually just put the article on. I'm going to put a little message to her talking about this now. Later after show. Take out my my Facebook window. One less window, one less thing for my computer to worry about. My signal will be better. Okay. Ooh, what's uh, what's, uh, Marco giving to me? Marco's giving me a website now, too. Hang on. Let me uh, me pull that one up and see what he's got for us. I've got to be really careful when I do this. I don't cancel my show. Wikipedia, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. I was correct. Let's see what he was correct about. SSRIs are antidepressants, I think. No, that what they are is, is ineffective. <laughs> they don't work. They don't work at all. In fact, there was a report that just came out. Serotonin reuptake inhibitors, in other words, psychotropic drugs that they said would restore the, the chemical balance in your brain so you wouldn't be depressed. No, they don't work. It's a lie. Uh, don't believe me? Look it up. Uh, bad title. Oh, here we go. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Wow, look at the, this. It's a really interesting molecule. And I have the molecule here. Here we go. Da-da-da. Medical uses, depression, antidepressants are. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Let's see if it says uh, where it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia right now. Does it say it doesn't work? Panic disorder, eating disorders, stroke recovery. 
premature, I'm not going to go into that one, sexual dysfunction, emotional blunting, vision, cardiac, bleeding, fracture risk. This is a huge website. Suicide risk, adults, risk of death, pregnancy and breastfeeding. What is all this stuff? Persistent pulmonary hypertension, in other words, blood pressure, bipolar switch. Jeez. <laughs> These things are dangerous. <laughs> wow. I just thought they were ineffective, but they're actually dangerous. I'm going to, to, to Marco, see if he has all that, uh, all that stuff that, that, that I had. Marco, did you see all that stuff? I said they, what they are. I didn't say if they work or not. <laughs> this is what he posts on his live chat. You, you don't get live chat if you listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, look at that article that you sent me. It's huge. All the ways that those, these things kill you or damage you. So first of all, if you're depressed, work through it. I was depressed. I've been depressed. I was depressed for two years. Horribly depressed. As I explained to people, it's like walking uh, neck deep in molasses. It's the worst feeling in the world. But your body does that to make you focus on something. So the reason your body makes you depressed, this is my theory, is that you have something you need to solve in your life. You need to go over something. You need to fix something. You need to make peace with something. Uh, I had to do all those. You know, you've got to deal with, with something that you don't want to deal with, and you have to, or your life will never proceed. That's what depression is. So your body forces you to, to deal with it. So you, it basically makes you, puts you in a position where you can't do anything else. Now, if you drug yourself for that, you'll never solve the problem, which is fine with big pharma because you keep paying for, for drugs that will never have you solve the problem or get past it. You know, I got past depression because I didn't take any medication. Okay, one pill once. The doctor gave me one pill. And I had such a violent reaction to it. I almost threw up. It was like the worst case of, uh, you know, flu I'd ever had. I said, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, let's try another one. No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I never wanted to take one in the first place. One pill. One pill convinced me not to take any antidepressants. And people are on these things for years, multiple ones. Well, they end up shooting up schools and killing people and, you know, suicide and everything else. Terrible, terrible things. All right. So back to this. So it says, uh, exposed in audio recordings, hospital executives in Arizona submitted, oh, admitted meeting several times a week to lower standards of care. Now, fortunately, I went to the hospital for my open heart surgery, you know, where they repaired a valve before COVID. I was there in 2016. I remember it really well. You know, four months before I started my radio career. <laughs> Go figure, right? So 2016, you know, when Trump, uh, it was the election. Uh, Trump was just about to be elected. It was October of 2016. Trump was elected in November of 2016. So right before Trump was elected, you know, it was still a good time in America. You know, everybody was optimistic. Things were great. Hospitals weren't, well, they were still killing people. Why do you think I got five opinions before I went to do, do surgery? That's why. You know, because I want to make sure I was doing the right thing. And uh, I believe I was, but the recovery has taken years. You know, still got some weight to lose. Working on that. I'll get there. I'll get back to my pre-hospital, my, my pre-surgery weight, <laughs> you know, hopefully a couple more months. But uh, anyway, the article says the combination that enables this tragic and avoidable loss of hundreds of thousands of lives includes the CARES Act. Okay, I read that. In 2020, the Texas Hospital Association submitted requests for waivers to CMS. Oh, that's interesting. I need to get these folks on the show. Uh, according to Texas attorney Jerry Ward. CMS has granted waivers of federal law regarding patient rights. How can they do that? Waivers of federal law regarding patients' rights. CMS can't grant waivers of federal law. CMS does not make law. They cannot grant waivers of federal law. That's illegal. Then it says specifically CMS purports to allow hospitals to violate the rights of patients on their, or surrogates with regard to medical record access, to have patient visitation, and to be free from seclusion. She notes that rights do not come from the hospital or CMS and cannot be waived, as that is the, the antithesis of a right. Yeah, no kidding. 
The purported waivers are meant to isolate and gain control over the patient and to deny the patient and patient's decision maker, the, that's the person you know, who's there in charge with you, the ability to exercise informed consent. So they don't give you informed consent. They make sure that you're not informed. Then it says creating a national pandemic emergency provided justification for such sweeping actions that override individual physician medical decision-making and patients' rights. See, I, when I went to the hospital, there's still a patient's rights. They treated me very well. I have no complaints about that. Of course, they tried to kill me three, months, three weeks later with blood thinners, but I've already told that story. Anyway, it says the CARES Act provides incentives for hospitals to use treatments dictated solely by the federal government under the auspices of the NIH. Well, is that not national health care? If the government has created an emergency, which they did, because it was easily curable with early treatments, there was COVID pandemic. None. COVID was a virus. It was a bioweapon virus that was treated with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D3, vitamin C, and zinc. As Dr. Zelenko explained, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin destroy the cell wall of the virus. The zinc kills the genetic material and stops it from replicating. That's it? What, geez, is that hard to understand? Well, do I need to be a biochemist, a molecular biologist like, like Judy Mikovits to understand that? No, I just told you. It's very simple. Viruses have a cell wall of protein. That cell wall is destroyed by hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Zinc, which is a mineral, makes it impossible for the genetic material to replicate and kills it. Anybody can't understand that? Do you have to be a doctor? It's like the old, when they say, well, I don't know what a woman is. I'm not a biologist. The Supreme Court, you know, idiot. Really? And of course, the answer to that is, you know, I'm, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Last paragraph, creating a national pandemic emergency provided justification for such sweeping actions that override individual physician medical decision making and patients' rights. The CARES Act provides hospitals, I'm reading this again, incentives for hospitals to use treatments dictated solely by the federal government. That is the definition of national health care. We have socialized medicine. It would never pass Congress. Now, nobody's ever talked about this. But the CARES Act is the National Health Care Socialized Medicine Act. I mean, it really is. If the federal government can dictate policies to hospitals and doctors, then we don't have private medicine anymore. We have socialized medicine, socialized by the government. And, of course, the government wants to reduce treatment, save money, the death penalty that Sarah Palin talked about. And then here's the worst part. It says these bounties... In other words, the incentives to kill people must be paid back, if not earned, by making the COVID-19 diagnosis and following the COVID-19 protocol. So unless they give a bogus COVID-19 diagnosis and follow the deadly COVID-19 protocol of the remdesivir ventilator death march, they have to pay their money back. So the only way the hospital can save money is to kill people. Let me say that again. The only way the hospitals can save their money is to kill people in a place where they were supposed to be duty-bound to actually save people, if at all humanly possible. Think about that for a minute. Hospital payments include a free required PCR test in the emergency room or upon admission for every patient with government-paid fee to the hospital. The PCR test does not accurately tell you whether you have COVID or not. It was never designed to do that. It is not a viral test. And they amplify the results 40 times over they cycle 40 times. I'm not sure how this works. But they make the sample of COVID so amplified that you'd find COVID on a ham sandwich if you tested it. Next point. Added bonus for positive COVID-19 diagnosis. We know about that. Additional, another bonus for a COVID-19 admission to the hospital. A 20% boost bonus payment from Medicare 
on the entire hospital bill for the use of remdesivir instead of medicines such as ivermectin. So if they're paid to kill you with, with remdesivir, that's what they're going to do. And they'll even deny attorneys you know, and courts who have said, and judges have said, you have to let this patient go. No, we can't let him go. We'd lose money. We've got to kill him. That's what's going on. This is the same government that's arming 287,000 you know, bureaucrats so they can kill us too. So the federal government's at war with this, this country. Uh, it's like they're declaring a civil war. They haven't fired the shots yet, but they're killing people in the hospitals. So you've got hospital death camps, every bit as bad as Auschwitz, going on. There's just not one central place like Auschwitz. They've got hospitals all across the country. So they're doing the killing individually and in small numbers, but multiple hospitals. How do you think we lost a million people? You know, I mean, pretty soon we'll be up 6 million. We'll equal the Jews that were killed in the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. It's not that far away. Next point. Another and larger bonus payment to the hospital if COVID-19 patient is mechanically ventilated. You know, remember when Marie Clark was talking about how um, they tried to put her on a ventilator all these times? She said, no. Fortunately, she drank enough water that she weakened the remdesivir. Then it says more money to the hospital if cause of death is listed as COVID-19, even, even if the patient did not die directly from COVID-19. We've said before, the stats prove it, that the difference between those who died from COVID and those who died with COVID, both of which were listed as a COVID death, by the way, but it's one in six. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's far less people actually died from COVID than died with COVID. No, I'm sorry, it's percent. It's not one in six. Six percent of the people, oh, this is my math. Let me do my math again. Now that I have the right figure, it's not one in six, it's six percent. So the stats come out that said six percent, Rebecca, I hope you're still listening. Six percent of the people who they say uh, died of COVID actually died from COVID. The rest died with it. And that would include motorcycle accidents. That's the classic case. So let's go 6%. So that would be 0.6. So let's go 1 million. 1 million less deaths times 0.6 would be 600,000. So this is how we do the math, right? So of those 600,000 that actually died from COVID, how many could have been saved? Well, Dr. Solenko and all the other doctors figure at least 90%. So let's multiply six, 600,000 times 0.9. 540,000 could have been saved. So that means only, so you take, uh, yeah, so that leaves only 60,000. So only 60,000 people left. 60,000 left um, should have been saved. Uh, oh, so maybe would have died of COVID, 60,000 as opposed to a million. There's one other figure. I know we get it down to 6,000. I've forgotten how we do that. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's like one more calculation. I've got to write this down somewhere and actually do it, uh, do it properly. Point being that the amount of people that died with COVID and the amount of people that died from COVID is hugely different. Only 6% actually died from COVID. And of that 6%, they figured 90% of the 6% could have been saved. Wow. <laughs> Almost done here. More money. From, all right. And then a COVID-19 dose. Oh, here we go. A COVID-19 diagnosis also provides extra, pay, extra payments to coroners. So that's why you have all these things listed COVID as the death, no matter what, because they get money for it. This is a fascinating article. Uh, I've already posted, but I'm going to highlight it again. It's on, my, uh, it's on the vaccine page, but I'll, which is a private group, but I'll put it on a regular page. CMS implemented value-based payment programs that track data, such as how many, uh, how many workers at a healthcare facility receive a COVID-19 vaccine. 
Well, that's interesting. Now we see why many hospitals implemented COVID-19 vaccine mandates. They are paid more. Now, I know I'm not going to say who, (laughs) obviously, but I know healthcare people that did not get the jab. Why? Because they knew how dangerous it was. Oh, they didn't give it to other people, by the way, either. They were doing different jobs, but uh, just to let you know. People in healthcare know. So anybody, so, but the hospitals make more money if more of their workforce has been jabbed. I wonder if the airlines got paid off for jabbing their airline pilots, endangering every passenger and the airline pilots themselves as they fly in the, the friendly skies above us. Here's another one. Outside hospitals, physicians, MIPS, I'm not sure what that is, quality metrics, link doctors' income to performance-based pay for treating patients with COVID-19. Uh, EUA drugs, in other words, experimental off, uh, uh, EUA, emergency use authorization drugs. There we go. Failure to report information to CMS can cost a physician 4% of the reimbursement. Well, that's interesting. Because of obfuscation with medical coding, there we go, on legal jargon, we talked about that with our World's Greatest Doctors panel, we cannot be certain of the actual amount each hospital receives per COVID-19 patient. But attorney Thomas Renz, who I've hoping to get on the show too, and CMS whistleblowers have calculated a total payment of at least 100000 per patient. I've heard 130000 more recently. What does this mean for your health and safety as a patient in the hospital? Well, there isn't any. <laughs> there are deaths from the government-directed COVID treatments. And we know, we just had Rebecca on talking about her daughter. For remdesivir, for remdesivir studies show that 71 to 75% of patients suffer an adverse effect. And the drug often has to be stopped after five to 10 days because of these effects such as kidney and liver damage, and death. Well, yeah, if, if, if the drug kills you, you're, you're obviously going to stop treatment. This is remdesivir trials during the 2018 West Africa Ebola outbreak had to be discontinued because the death rate exceeded 50%. How about that? Yet in 2020, Dr. Fascist, they call him Anthony Fauci, I call him Dr. Fascist, directed that remdesivir was to be the drug hospitals used to treat COVID-19, even when the COVID-19 clinical trials of remdesivir showed similar adverse effects. In ventilated patients, how much more of this article do we have? Not much. In ventilated patients, the death toll is staggering. A National Library of Medicine January 2021 report. That's about, that's, I wrote this, the, our, COVID, our, our uh, vaccine product liability bill in March of 2021. So that'll be two weeks later, uh, two months later, excuse me. January 2021 report of 69 studies involving more than 57 thousand patients concluded that fatality rates were 45% in the COVID-19 patients receiving invasive medical ventilation, increasing to 84% in older patients. Renz announced at a Truth for Health Foundation press conference that CMS data showed that in Texas hospitals, 85% of all patients died after more than, after more than 96 hours on a ventilator. 96 hours, that's how many days is that, five? 96 divided by 24, four days. So you put on a ventilator, you're probably going to be dead in four days. Great. And this all went on and people just sat there. You know, what's the difference between a hospital that kills you with remdesivir and a ventilator and a concentration camp that, that kills you with uh, Zyklon B gas? What's the difference? You're still dead. There is no difference. The medical Holocaust. It's a Holocaust. We're in a Holocaust right now. Oh, I can't believe that, Greg. It's not true. The Nazis were worse. No, you're in a medical Holocaust right now. I know. I know too many people have lost too many loved ones and too many family members and too many friends. That includes me who's lost friends to this medical Holocaust. All right. We now see. This is back to the article. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. 
skip this paragraph. Then there are deaths from restrictions on effective treatments for hospitalized patients. Renz and a team of data analysts have estimated that more than 800,000 deaths in America's hospitals in COVID-19 and other patients have been caused by approaches restricting fluids, nutrition, antibiotics, effective antivirals, anti-inflammatories, anti-inflammatories, and therapeutic doses of anticoagulants. Let me put that more simply. When Marie Clark was on the show and she was denied food and water, this is what they're talking about. Antibiotics? What? Ivermectin is an antibiotic, I believe. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, same thing. Oh, those are antivirals. You know, Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the terms, but I can figure it out. Antibiotics are for bacteria, like staph infections. Antivirals would be for viruses. Anti-inflammatories, that would be, I'm guessing, pneumonia-related drugs, maybe? Or something different. I'm not sure. Anyway, those are denied, too. And therapeutic doses of anticoagulants, that would be the blood thinners. I guess they are actually good in some cases, but they weren't for me. I think they, they, they would have killed me in two more days. All right, as so I was quietly suffering, <laughs> I was suffocating to death when my, my lungs were filling with fluid three weeks after I was let go from the hospital, you know, for, uh, for heart surgery. So three weeks afterwards, my, my chest filled with fluid and I couldn't breathe. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like, what's going on? Well, my lung, my right lung had completely collapsed. My left lung was already halfway collapsed. That's when I went to the hospital. And I had to wait a few days while they took the fluid out of took the, the blood centers reduced in my system so they could take the fluid out of my chest. You know, under COVID protocols, I would put on a ventilator and they would have killed me. You know, so you can, I, I thank my lucky stars every day that I had my hospital uh, surgery uh, before COVID because they would have killed me and gotten money for it. <clears throat> And there'd be no action radio. All right. We now see government dictated medical care at its worst in our history since the federal government mandated these ineffective and dangerous treatments for COVID-19 and then created financial incentives for hospitals and doctors to use only those, quote, approved and paid for approaches. Our formerly trusted medical community of hospitals and hospital employed medical staff have effectively become bounty hunters for your life. Now they become hospital death camps. Let's be a little more blunt. Patients need to now take unprecedented steps to avoid going to the hospital for COVID-19. Yeah, I imagine when, when, you know, when there was a time when it used to be a good thing to go to the hospital. It used to be a good thing to go to the hospital. You know, I went for open heart surgery to cure a valve problem so that I wouldn't get myocarditis, something that's very common to COVID shot victims. So the very thing that I went, underwent, you know, very expensive and very uh, uh, delicate surgery to prevent is being dished out by the COVID shot now, and they're being paid for it. Thanks, God. Appreciate your timing. <laughs> Glad I made the decision when I did. <sighs> and I'm not, I'm not one to consent to medical procedures very often. I don't trust them. This time I did. I figured that this time I believed they had the right thing. Not sure why I did, actually, now that I think about it. All right. Then it says patients need to take active steps to plan before getting sick, to use early home-based treatment of COVID-19 that can help save your life. So in other words, stock up on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. This is from November 17, 2021. I thought this was a current article, but it's, it's, it's absolutely right on. So yeah, that would have been a year after the, uh, the jab was, uh, was out there. Huh. All right. I wonder if I, do, if I want to do something completely different. I'm going to talk about the debt ceiling next. We've got another article for you from FreedomWorks. Let's take on the break. It is. I've been talking a lot today. I can tell my voice is going, Greg, why are you keeping doing this to me? 9.31, 29 minutes left. 9.31. I'll play some more stuff, and then I'll be right back. 
Ah, here we go. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system.
You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Dangerously cool. Okay, we're back. We got about uh, nine thirty-seven, so that's twenty-three minutes left. So, Marco, if you want to check something in, now's the time to do it. Uh, if I don't get a chance to to wish you a, a good day, definitely have uh, fun today and share it. Netherlands is actually showing up on my board. The uh, the Netherlands is now the the uh, fourth greatest audience uh, behind uh, the UK, Canada, and Australia. So you're number four. So let's uh, let's see if we can build a an action radio club there in the Netherlands. And uh, I still work on a Skype line. I'm sorry, I, I get so busy with stuff. I get I forget what I'm supposed to do. Uh, but so so that we can get some folks calling. I'd love to have a you know some like regular Netherlands callers. You know, we'll, like we'll have like an international section of the show. We we'll just have people call in from different countries. That'd be fun. All right. Couple things to talk about. Uh, so originally, when the show started, we were talking about the militarization of the of the IRS uh, from open the books. But I expanded that to the militarization of the entire federal government, uh, which is horrible. And again, the only people they can declare war on is us, because they've got several you know divisions worth of, of soldier bureaucrats. Uh, they've got uh, machine guns. They've got tanks. They've got all kinds of stuff. All kinds of military hardware. Um, you know, Kevlar, body armor, helmets, you know, night vision, they've got all the stuff they need um, for a pretty effective war against us. And they've got billions of rounds of ammunition and probably, you know, a million or so guns. So that's ridiculous. That is the Second Amendment in reverse. And so what I want to uh, just kind of cover real briefly here, and then I, got, I want to talk about the debt ceiling a little bit, too. Uh, there is no debt ceiling, by the way. It's a debt elevator. It's only one direction, up. <laughs> you know, I had another, another new term I came up with yesterday. And this will be for, for our, one of my Substack articles. There's no, there's no uh, U.S. Southern border. I call it the U.S. Southern Invitation Line. You know, so when you get your invitation, you know, show up at the line and cross. Come on in. Hey, we don't have a border. What do we care? Right? Well, there's going to be a lot of illegal aliens committing a lot of crimes. And so if, you, um, if you're in a state that, um, you know, that doesn't have a, a ban on carrying concealed weapons, which, of course, is illegal, um, then I would carry concealed weapons, <laughs> lots of them, because uh, it's not going to be pretty out there. I saw a horrible video last night of a man, uh, white guy, you know, beaten to death by, uh, you know, people of color, almost beaten to death, you know, and uh, that's, a, that's a racist hate crime, but it's never going to get classified as that. Uh, so we live in a very sick society. Uh, so there's certain places in this country that are now just best avoided. In other words, Democrat-run cities. And if, and if you're a white person, you know, you can be attacked by any number of peoples of different colors uh, and the government's not going to do anything about it. You're not going to get protected. The police aren't going to come help you. You can be, you know, kicked almost to death right there on the street as it was in Oakland. Uh, and uh, people will video you. They're not going to stop it. They'll video go, hey, look what I saw. You know, hey, I saw almost like a kill today. He's a white guy. It's okay. And that's what's going on out there. Um, so if you want to, uh, you know, create uh, really bad feelings of, of people with different races, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah. And so that's, 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 it's, it's really bad. But if, if people are purposely attacking, you know, white people because of, of, uh, of this uh, hatred that the government has created, you know, they're creating a race war. Uh, I would not fall for that, <laughs> you know, but also there are places in this country I won't go. Why should I? Why should I risk myself? 
and I got I got work to do here at Action Radio. So I have no intentions of putting myself in jeopardy, you know, you know, just to to prove something to somebody that I don't have to prove. Screw you. Anyway, so I'm glad I am where I am in Florida. Uh, we got a pretty nice community here, and uh, are we code diverse? Well, of course we are. But um, that's not the that's not the point. The point is we're peaceful <laughs> here, pretty much. Uh, all right. So so I'm gonna go really quickly over this bill that uh, um, that actually this is one of mine too. I tend to do my own bills because I know them best. It's not that I'm trying to push the fact that I wrote a lot of bills, but I I did simply so I could establish the procedure for how to do it. So I wrote this bill, Jan- July 11th of 2022, so it's almost a year old, <clears throat> disarming the federal government of their unconstitutional armaments. So the cure for the uh, bureaucrats <clears throat> excuse me, that are so heavily armed is to take their arms away because they have no provision in the Constitution to be armed. So the fact that all these agencies are armed with million, you know, million guns and the billion, several billion rounds of ammunition, uh, and, and they have basically 12 divisions of soldiers, bureaucrat infantry soldiers, is completely unconstitutional. And could easily be taken away, so this bill does that. <clears throat> so my introduction is the United States federal government has actually reversed the Second Amendment. Gee, does that sound familiar, like maybe the title of the show today? Rather than honoring their oath to support and defend the Constitution as written, they have decided that where the Second Amendment says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, which is a prohibition on government touching in any way the owning and carrying of firearms by citizens, the federal government has reversed it so that all the prohibitions and restrictions are on citizens owning and carrying guns, and the federal government has given themselves the right to keep and bear all the guns and ammo that they want for all the agencies that they want and for all the people in those agencies that they want. So, that, so then it says this reversal of the Second Amendment by government has to be reversed again to bring the federal government back into compliance with the Constitution. The way this works is to disarm the agencies and departments not authorized by the Constitution and return those arms to the people. All right. So that's basically it. So this is the bill um, to do it. So let me give you the background. And then uh, this is this is this is a long bill (laughs) because they go into treason, piracy and counterfeiting in the 10th Amendment and then the civilian marksmanship program. So let me just do the background uh, real quick here. The Department of Justice in the 2008 statistical study said that there's some 70 armed federal agencies employing some 120,000 full-time officers authorized to carry guns and make arrests. Some dozen of these agencies have no law enforcement function, yet they are full of armed agents, including SWAT teams. Former Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn and Open the Books founder and CEO Adam, here we go again, Andrzejewski <laughs> said in June of 2016, the number of non-defense department federal officers authorized to make arrests and carry firearms, 200,000, now exceeds the number of U.S. Marines, 182,000. That constitutes a fed, this is my words, that constitutes a federal bureaucratic army accountable to the executive, which potentially could, and in some cases has, been used against the American people. Waco, Texas, and the murder of the Branch Davidians community by President Clinton was the greatest mass murder of Americans by government until the COVID policies from the CDC. So that's the background on the bill. So it's in, uh, um, it's in the, the uh, Citizen Bill Ideas. So you go to BigGetLives.com, click on Citizen Bill Ideas, scroll down to Disarming the Federal Government of Their Unconstitutional Armaments. That's the bill. That's the bill that will counter what um, Open the Books is talking about in terms of uh, the ridiculously armed agents, you know, for things that have nothing. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even try and justify whether the government has a law enforcement function or not. There is no ability to arm agents in the Constitution. They're just not there. Of course, that's separate from the military 
obviously. Military is totally a different thing. All right, last article of the day, <laughs> and then I'm done. I might, I might quit early because I'm, I'm, I know, it's my throat sore for some reason. I haven't been talking too much today or talking too much lately. We'll see. Anyway, so FreedomWorks, website I discovered last night. I'm going to talk to these people. Debt ceiling fight kicks into high gear as Congress gets clearer picture on when it will hit borrowing limit. So let me tell you how this works. This is from uh, yesterday. Drew Stevens. And the website is FreedomWorks. Let me tell you how this works. The government lies to you. Janet Yellen's members of Congress, the media, they all lie. They say we have to raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. What they don't tell you is they made obligations so big, so far outside the money that we had, that they knew they'd have to raise the debt ceiling to meet their obligations. It's just like a credit card. You got a $1,000 limit on your credit card, and you spend 1200 bucks. Okay, and then you tell the credit card company, well, you know, you have to meet my obligations. You have to raise my credit limit, you know, by $200 to accommodate these obligations. Otherwise, I'll default. I can't do that. <laughs> Bunch of nonsense. Credit card company says, nope, you're overdrawn. Give the stuff back. You know, we're, 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 not, uh, we're not authorizing this payment. Of course, they stop it before it's made, right? Because you can't spend $200 above your limit, at least as far as I know. Anyway, so, uh, so that's how it works. So Congress makes an obligation that they know exceeds the debt limit. Once they've made an obligation, a spending thing, they authorize COVID spending. So they authorize COVID spending that they know exceeds the debt limit. They do that. That's the quiet part. Right? The loud part, they say, oh, no, we have to pay our obligations. Well, they made those obligations knowing it would exceed the debt limit. That's what they do. Oh, boy. Voices go. I need to take a water break. Hmm. Ten more minutes, I can do it. <laughs> That's it. So, so, so then McCarthy comes along and says, look, aren't we wonderful? We passed a bill in a Republican House of Representatives that says we're going to get spending cuts if we raise the debt limit. Well, that's a bunch of BS. If you can make spending cuts, you don't have to raise the debt limit. <laughs> okay. Think about it. If you can make spending cuts, and here's what's going to happen. McCarthy knew this going in. This is why McCarthy's McDeep State. So Kevin McDeep State. So the deep state plan is to tell the Republicans, vote for this bill. Oh, yes, we'll raise the debt ceiling, but we'll get spending cuts. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to go to, to uh, the insurrectionist, the illegal person in the White House, and say, oh, please, please sign this bill. He'll like, no. So they'll go to the Senate. Senate will say, well, they're going to call him President Biden, which, of course, he's not. But they'll call him President Biden. So President Biden won't sign a bill you know, with spending cuts. But we're going to keep the part about raising the debt ceiling. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. And then quietly in the dead of night when nobody's looking, the House will pass a debt ceiling increase with no spending cuts. That's what's going to happen. Guarantee it. Why? Because that's what they always do. <laughs> they always increase the debt ceiling. They never put in the spending cuts. All right? So the only way to stop this, this, this economic suicide that Congress has put us on, get rid of inflation, get rid of the bad economic situation, have permanent prosperity for everybody, uh, because there's no inflation, the dollar would actually continually increase in value, which constantly would lower prices, would constantly making your savings more valuable so you could spend less money on stuff uh, and get more for it. That's called deflation. Deflation is a saving. Uh, deflation is what's needed to save this country. The only way you're going to get that is our constitutional amendment that bans Congress from borrowing money. Pretty simple, huh? 
Let's see what uh, Drew Stevens says on May 2nd yesterday. He says, on Monday, May 1st, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and the U.S. Congressional Budget Office, that's the CBO, they used to say the nonpartisan CBO, but they didn't in this case, uh, both announced that the U.S. would hit its debt limit in early June and possibly as early as June 1st. This announcement prompted uh, insurrectionist Brandon, the illegal person in the White House, my words, to finally set up a meeting with Speaker Kevin McDeepstate, Republican of California, my words again, and the other leaders of the House and Senate in early May. I guess that's supposed to happen today or tomorrow. Then it says getting that meeting is a big win for Republicans as it finally shows that presenting a plan and passing it has put Republicans in a strong negotiating position with Brandon and the Democrat-controlled Senate. No, it hasn't. I just told you why it didn't. Because the Senate's not going to pass a bill. Uh, they're gonna, the Senate's going to say that Brandon, after nego- this is why they go to Brandon first. Brandon says, no, I'm not going to pass, I'm not going to sign a bill of spending cuts. The Senate says, well, there's no point in passing a bill of spending cuts because the, the president's not going to sign it. But we have to increase the debt, so we'll increase the debt. And then the bill goes back to the House. Okay, I guess we have to increase the debt. We'll get spending cuts next time. And then they pass another $1.5 trillion added onto the national debt. That's what they're going to do. I guarantee it. All right, you know, we'll do a show in two weeks. So remember the show back on uh, May 3rd when I told you they would do this? They would raise the debt limit and the, the spending cuts would get canceled? You could say, oh, yeah, gee, you're right. Of course I'm right. <laughs> anyway, it's not a big win for Republicans. It's a big loss for Republicans. The win for Republicans is that they passed a bill with spending cuts below the national debt ceiling. That would have been a win for Republicans. But they didn't do that because they're a bunch of geldings. Gelding old party. Sorry, Castrados, eunuchs, you know, castrated men. And some women, too. <laughs> you know, but basically, it's, uh, it's the, uh, the gelding old party. Then it says, House Republicans passed the Limit Save and Growth Act in late April. It's not the Limit Save and Growth Act. It's the Economic Suicide and Economic Treason Act. This is what it is. Passed in late April, and that bill represents the only plan at the moment to raise the debt ceiling and avoid an economic catastrophe while also addressing our country's out-of-control spending problem in a common-sense manner. Okay, That's a bunch of nonsense. And this is a conservative article. That's a bunch of nonsense. The only way to handle this problem properly and effectively is to cut spending below the national debt and leave the debt ceiling alone. There's no reason to raise the debt ceiling ever. All they have to do is cut spending below it, but they won't do that. So they, don't, they want to keep borrowing money. Every time they borrow money, they create inflation. Every time they create inflation, the Fed raises the interest rates. Every time they raise interest rates, there's a, re- there's a greater recession. Every time there's a greater recession, Congress borrows more money to stimulate the economy, which creates more inflation, which creates more in- recession, which creates more borrowing. And so on, and so on, and so on. And so you get $31 trillion in debt. Now we're going to head for 33 Whoopee! Morons. I know what the solution is. You know what the solution is, too. Constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. WriteYourLaws.com. Click on legislation. Click on all proposed laws. Share that bill with everybody today. Otherwise, you're going to lose your country. Economy's going to collapse. Pretty simple. Share the bill or the economy collapses. Let me put it on a really basic level. Millions of people need to share that bill to media and to Congress and say, we want to take the power away of Congress to borrow money. Now, stop all this nonsense. It's not that hard to do. The bill's right there. I've already written it. All you have to do is copy the link and send it places. If you can't do that, then, you know, then, then you're not worth it. it's not worth it uh, keeping in the country because you won't, you won't even do something so simple as, as to copy a bill link, send it into uh, Congress and say, pass this bill. That's all I have to do. 
But I sound a little cynical, that's why. <laughs> because it's so simple to do it, and yet people aren't doing it. I don't understand. I don't. All right. Let's uh, continue on here. Senate Democrats have decided they'll hold hearings to attack and rip the House Republicans' bill while they continue to insist on passing a clean debt ceiling increase. Oh, yeah, clean. Clean means when the Democrats get what they want. That's what clean means. Then it says Democrats say they'll negotiate on spending and the budget after raising the debt limit, but have yet to even present a clean debt limit increase bill for a vote in the U.S. Senate, a fact that Republicans have continually brought up. So, so here's the scenario. The Democrats always win. Why? Because the Republicans always give up. So the answer would have been for the House to pass a bill that cuts spending below the national debt ceiling and say, we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. We don't have to. We've cut spending below it. That would have been the courageous position. And then when it goes, then, the, then, then don't negotiate with the president. There's no reason to negotiate. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Don't negotiate with Brandon because you've already, you've already cut spending below the national debt ceiling. There's no reason to go to Brandon. So then it's up to the Senate. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to try and increase the debt ceiling. And you'll be like, why? We already passed the bill below the debt ceiling and proved that it works. See, that would have been the correct thing to do. That's what I advised beforehand. I said, look, you always have to pass a bill below, pass spending below the debt ceiling. And there's no excuse to raise the debt ceiling because the, the obligations are covered by the debt ceiling. But they don't do that. So, so again, here's, and they, this basically just told you what's going to happen. Democrats say they'll negotiate on spending and the budget after raising the debt limit. After. And then they never do. This is so predictable. Yeah, it's like Old Faithful. You know it's going to happen. Then it says, time is not on Washington's side in this battle as the House is for 12, uh, in this battle as the House is for 12 legislative days before the beginning of June, while the Senate is in session for approximately 17 days. Oh, I guess the House gets more vacation time. But crucially, the House and Senate only overlap for eight legislative days. So they have eight days. So eight days. Eight days before June 1st where the House and the Senate are in session together to figure out uh, what to do with the, with the debt ceiling. And I'll tell you the one thing they're not going to do, it's the only thing they, that they really have to, the one thing they have to do is the one thing they're not going to do, which is cut spending below the debt ceiling. That's all they have to do, cut spending below the debt ceiling. No big deal. Nobody would feel it. Wouldn't even see it. Except maybe the lobbyists and the special interests. House Democrats are attempting to introduce an arcane legislative proposal that would force a vote on the House floor of a clean debt limit increase. Or, you know, huh. Arcane? Yeah, that means old. <laughs> the only problem with this plan is that it would take too long to come to the floor due to the House rules, and the U.S. could, bre- could breach the debt ceiling before it actually uh, is ready for action on the floor. To throw mo- more cold water on the Democrats' plan to force a vote, that takes out McCarthy and much of the House Republican caucus. Moderate Republicans in the House are sticking with leadership and the demands to negotiate and find an agreement. A bunch of gobbledygook. Uh, let me see. This is, the, and this is, this is FreedomWorks. I was going to contact FreedomWorks and hopefully get them on the show, but after reading this, there's no point. They're a bunch of suck-up morons and uh, geldings. And this is the Limit, Save, Grow Act represents a common-sense proposal. In other words, it means that they're raising the debt ceiling. To raise, the, to raise the debt ceiling, oh, there we go, while crucially slowing the growth of government. Uh, you cannot do both at the same time. You cannot raise the debt ceiling, which is standing on the accelerator, and cutting and, and slowing the growth of government, which is standing on the brakes at the same time. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. Freedom Works supports this bill and says the bill would help ease the burden placed on hardworking American families and help return fiscal responsibility to our nation's capital. Cannot take the burden off American working families and show fiscal responsibility when you raise the debt ceiling because that increases inflation. That's what's killing us all right now. 
Then it says Congressman and Brandon, my word, need to come together and agree on a plan that's res- that responsibly raises the debt limit while addressing the federal government's growing spending. Well, that's impossible. There is no responsible plan if it includes raising the debt limit. Okay. Then it says so that American economy can continue to grow. The American con- economy cannot continue to grow if you're borrowing money at this rate. The American government, I mean, excuse me, the American economy cannot grow under $33 trillion of national debt. It cannot grow. All it can do is pay more and more interest on that national debt and take more and more money from everything else. Pretty soon there'll only be one limit, one item on the net, on the federal budget, the interest on the national debt, and that has to be paid. Hmm. This is the only way this crisis truly gets resolved in a lasting manner is with negotiations between Brandon and Speaker McCarthy. That's not true either. The only way this crisis truly gets resolved is if both the House and the Senate pass bills that have spending below the national debt limit. That's the only way this gets resolved. This is McCarthy, and this is uh, is Brandon and McCarthy, that results in an agreement that can clear the House and the 60-vote threshold in the Senate. Yeah, that's a closure vote. Unless they make it, uh, what's what they call that term? Uh, A reconciliation bill. We're going to pass this under reconciliation. We're reconciling against what? It's not a reconciliation bill. This is, you know, it's a national debt bill. So national debt's not part of reconciliation. It's not, it's not coming from a budget act. So they can't use reconciliation. Then it says, these upcoming negotiations represent an excellent opportunity to get our country's fiscal house in order for the long term. BS. No, it represents a chance to, to make things progressively worse by raising the debt ceiling. Anybody have a question on that? I wonder what the national debt is of, of the Netherlands. Let's see if Marco's still there. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Marco, how much is your country in debt? Bet you it's not $33 trillion. <laughs> oh, I actually made it to the end of the show. Okay, good. Well, my voice is, uh, I'll rest my voice for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Marco, you take care. Have a nice day, too. Oh, you're welcome for the show. Listen, I, I love doing this. Um, I do, you know, uh, national debt, not that much. Yeah, yeah. He's going to look it up. Marco's got 90 seconds to look up the national debt of, uh, of the Netherlands. Let's see, let's see what he finds here. Do, 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 do. You have to calculate GDP ratio. Okay. Uh, no, national debt is how much your country owes. See, there's, no, there's no debt. The debt to GDP ratio in this country is totally different. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the fact that our federal government over, the, over its entire term since we had no national debt has borrowed 30, some odd, $32, 33000000000000 trillion with this latest debt increase. Doesn't have to go with GDP. That's the debt. That's the ratio of debt. In other words, our debt is greater than our GDP. I know that we do not produce thirty-three trillion dollars worth of goods and services each year. Um, okay. All right, Marco. Let's take it up tomorrow. <laughs> we are running out of time anyway. So remember, uh, the biggest thing is what we started the show with. The Second Amendment has been reversed, and if you want to reverse it back again, you've got to share our bill. You know that uh, disarms the federal government. If you want to stop the COVID payments, you know, you've got to pass vaccine product liability, get those vaccines off the shelves. We have to do something with CMS, uh, Center for Medicaid Services, to stop, you know, paying money, paying $100,000 per COVID death. A lot of things we have to do. Anyway, I played everything I have to play. Um, this has been fun today. I, I enjoyed this show. And it had some pretty tragic and, and, and serious moments, too. But overall, again, if you don't stay lighthearted, uh, the seriousness will oppress you and you won't be any good to anybody. 
That's why it's good to keep it, uh, keep it light. All right, Greg Pengles here for Action Radio at blogstockradio.com slash citizen action. Our latest set of site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Our substack is gregpengles.substack.com. And we have uh, our givesendgo.com slash action radio is a sponsorship site. Uh, I'm hoping folks will uh, take a $10 monthly subscription to our Substack, and I have another Substack probably coming out today. In the meantime, let me play some stuff. Let me play some Beethoven, which is our classical music selection for Wednesday. Uh, and I'll see you all tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Central Time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.